Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Unpack That. I'm pretty sure this is episode 22, yes. if I'm correct, right? Yes, yeah. Welcome to episode 22. This is a, a media analysis podcast. It, 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 overall, that's what it is. Right now, it's a Berserk podcast. So welcome to the Berserk podcast called Let's Unpack That. Um, I'm Cheval, one of your hosts, um, and this is my friend Cal, who is the other host. We are equal hosts. <laughs> we both do things. We we uh, our weight allegedly. I yes, I, but I try. <laughs> no, yeah, but we're ready to talk about uh, Berserk today, and not um, not whatever is t- going is destroying my brain on Twitter right now. I don't know. I, I I've been opening that app like every other like hour like throughout the past few days and i just like close it because i'm like i'm not trying to look at this bullshit but um, (laughs) i don't there's a lot right now where i'm like huh okay i'm gonna go not (laughs) think about that yeah yeah i'm I'm gonna go not talk to you people about this um and not think about this and go play monopoly with my wife so (laughs) so yeah it's that's what I've been. That's what I've been up to. Um, what what have you What have you been doing? Let's go ahead and let the let the people who haven't skipped the small talk section already get into what they are really listening to this podcast for. Yeah. Um. I feel like <laughs> I. Let me see. God, I feel like I've mostly just been playing like uh, video games and watching trash reality. We were kind of talking about that before we started the show, but um. Yes, sir. Let me see what else have I been doing. Um, I started playing uh, Inscription with my wife and our uh, roommate, who's her brother, and I'm really digging it a lot. I I've learned something about myself this year that I oh, yeah. didn't expect to learn about myself ever, and I feel like I would have been like mildly horrified <laughs> years about it. But I really like, <laughs> um, roguelikes where you, that are also deck builders, and yes. I don't know yes. when this happened. I want to say it happened with um, that SteamWorld game, SteamWorld Quest, I think. Oh, yeah. I, I've actually never played that. That's a that's a deck builder. I did not know that. It's not a roguelike, but it is like a linear story deck builder. And I really And that was a couple years back. And I was kind of like, oh, but like I don't like that kind of stuff all the time. Because card games yeah. confuse me a lot of the time. So I'm just like, I don't know about all that. But... Um, Cheval gave me Loop Hero back when I got my computer in February. I'm pretty sure both of you guys probably remember me talking about it before. But um, yeah, <laughs> I've been like obsessively playing it. I got COVID <laughs> a couple weeks. Oh yeah! By the way, we, we actually recorded. We we, we lied to you guys on the podcast. He had COVID while we were recording. Um, it was like, the day after I found out, and I was like, I. Don't want to think about this. Um, and I'm okay. It was a very mild case, thankfully. And I'm not going to be one of those people who are like, it's super mild. You'll be fine because there's still a chance you won't be fine. Mask up. Yes. Safe, get your boosters. All that jazz. Glad, glad you're okay. I'm glad nothing worse happened. And you know why? It's because he got fucking vaccinated. Hello, everybody. And I also <laughs> get your vaccination. Wear a mask most of the time, you know? So, yes, that too. <laughs> you know, I got very lucky in that sense. But um, mm-hmm. while I was holed up in my room for like a fucking week, I was like, man, <laughs> I'm really depressed about this. So I'm going to play Loop Hero and watch trash reality TV. And that's basically what I've done for like two weeks now because my allergies have been killing me this past week. It's like I got COVID mm-hmm. and I... That was bad, but not like 
the worst. And then, like, my allergies kicked in once I started going outside again. And that has been, like, the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Dude. It's so bad this year. I hate Texas. Dude, it's awful this year. I thought I had COVID. I had to take a rapid test. Yeah. Because, like, I, I, like, had to, I've been having massive headaches the past week. I, like, my allergies were worse than they ever were. I had, like, no energy. I was like, this is it. I got COVID. I, I went to Texas Showdown and got COVID because mm-hmm. um, there was a COVID scare at <laughs> Texas Showdown. Um, anyway. Hey, Texas Showdown. <laughs> um, yeah. Shout, shout out Texas Showdown. But, um, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm, I'm. It's been so bad. Texas allergies. It's like hot and you can't breathe. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's ass. If you, I, if you haven't lived in Texas during allergy season and you haven't experienced the like intense despair that like cedar pollen will cause you, like I don't think you can understand because before I came to Texas, I thought I had allergies. I did not. And then I came to Texas and I was like, mm-hmm. this is the worst thing that has ever happened to me. Yes, it is really like if this climate doesn't fuck with you, it doesn't fuck with you. Because like I remember visiting like the Pacific Northwest and shit up there. I don't have allergies. I can go fucking shove grass up my nose and shit. It it, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Like like I don't have allergies up there. But then I come down back down here and I'm like, I'm not leaving my house unless my dog needs to use the restroom. And then I'll watch her from the porch. So, so yeah, hostile no. environment, like from a natural <laughs> standpoint as well as like a political standpoint. It's just, I'm telling you, it's just it's it's Texas, man. I I don't know what to say. And the same, like even when I'm in Virginia, my allergies are not as bad as they are when I'm in fucking Texas. So it's just right. It's fucking wild. Anyways, allergies are bad, but I discovered when I started playing Loop Hero that I really do like, you know, roguelike deck builders kind of yeah. thing. And Shivalak gave me Slay the Spire, which I'm very excited about, and I am going to yeah soon. Um, that is that is probably one of my f- most favorite games I've played recently. I just started playing that a few months ago. because Okay, so just so people know, if you ever are like... Oh, gaming has a hard um, entry point. It does, right? Whether it's a console or a PC, yeah. it's hard to buy one. I swear to God, if you get a computer, you will get access to way more games way faster yeah. than if you have a console. Um, because I have like spare codes of Slate Aspire <laughs> because I have Humble Bundle and I've seen it on sale for like $4. And I'm like, yeah, sure. One of my friends will want this. Yeah. So... I get yeah, I, all the time. It's great. Yeah. No, it's great. I just send him shit all the time. But... Yeah, it's that game is really good. If you do like that one, anybody else listening to this too. I've also been playing um, no Monster Train. Monster Train is also oh, okay. very good. It's a similar one. It, it works similar to Say the Spire, not exactly the same. Um, Loop Hero and there's another card one that I was playing that wasn't Inscription, but I'll I'll, I'll remember it later. But yeah, the card ones are so fucking addictive they because are. it's. It, like, scratches a certain niche. I don't know. I don't know. Because you're still active with it, but you're not, like, having to, like, you know, mash buttons or anything. So, yeah. I I love Slay the, so Slay the Spire. I'll accidentally play that for, like, three hours straight and be like, whoops. Yeah, that's- Don't know what happened there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I've watched him play those things before, and I was like, oh, I guess I kind of get it. But, like, it doesn't seem like something for me. And then I, like, yeah. actually started playing them, and I was like, oh, but with Inscription, um, if you've been thinking about getting it, I don't know if Devolver's still having that sale, but it was on sale pretty recently. 
Um, yeah, there's still a sale on um, Humble Bundle and a few other places. There's a lot of spring sales happening, yeah. so I think description is still on sale. Yeah, cool. but it's it's really good. It came out relatively recently. It hasn't been out too long. Um, but yeah, like the tip of last year, I think. Yeah, it hasn't been out that long. Uh, but it's uh, if you like full core, if you like um, like D and D sessions and escape rooms, you'll probably like this game. It's a very yeah. Uh, it's animated really cool. Like, there's a lot of different, like, overlapping styles. And there's a lot of, like, puzzles outside of, like, the actual deck building. Um, oh, that's sweet. That's sick. And you can, awesome. like, get other cards for your deck through these puzzles. So it's, like, it's really engaging. Um, and the story is, like, it, it kind of, like, slow feeds it to you. You know, it's a very slow drip of the story. And so I I don't know I really think if you like that kind of game you should definitely play it. Um, I'm constantly shocked that this is like my favorite genre of game right now, other than fighting games, which I also never thought I would yes. like. So apparently I just don't know myself. Um, but um, you just like games that I like too, which is yeah. which is very good to see. Um, I mean, I, same game, basically we've been over. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, th there's a couple there's a couple games I do want you to play, and I'm gonna recommend them just to everybody because I, I I have a video I'm doing about this because I'm obsessed with this shit at the moment, but um. I Ring of Pain is very similar to um, Slay the Spire and stuff. So if you like that type of stuff, I think it's on Game Pass. Um, it was in that Ukraine bundle that Humble Bundle did a few months ago, oh, a yeah. couple months ago. So if you're one of the people that happen to get that, you might have it and don't know it. <laughs> um, fucking huge. Jesus. Yeah, it was. There were like 60 games in that fucking thing. I'm still finding stuff I never played. All these. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's fucking ridiculous. But yeah, no, I I really recommend that game. And I know we've said Loop Hero multiple times, but goddamn, Loop Hero is so good. Loop Hero's great. It's, it's, it's so good. The dialogue um, is lacking at times, but like, it's just a really fun game to play. Oh, that's my favorite part is discovering like the new units whenever you like play specific cards. I love that. And then when they talk to them, those are like my favorite moments. And um, Slay the Spire is is funny in similar ways. It's like they're like that's the thing I like about the games; they don't take themselves too seriously yeah. either. Like, um, like I mean, people who, like played Hades kind of get it right. Like you die and then you keep playing, so the game's very like self aware. It's like yeah, we know you've been here before. Like, right. <laughs> like we're gonna we're gonna acknowledge the fact that this has happened before. But um, I'm 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 curious if you would like other roguelikes that. Because I don't know, I feel like what makes those work is that they have like very simple controls. Yeah. Like there's like three buttons, which is very nice. As somebody who also likes to play games that use all the buttons, fighting games. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if you'd like like Binding of Isaac or anything like that because that shit's just like a twin stick shooter. Yeah, so. <laughs> I I've thought about trying it and seeing if I like it now because like when. When we were, like, in college and, like, a lot of people I knew were playing it, including Yes. You, it, like, seemed very intimidating to me just because, like, it's not a bullet hell, but, like, those kind of, like, shooter games I don't always understand yeah. very well. And they right, right. Frame. So, like, and things could have changed now. I mean, like, when, I think if you've been with us <laughs> since, like, our early episodes, I talked about this one time, but yeah. I had not played, um... <laughs> like any PlayStation games until I met 
Mm -hmm. basically and so i didn't know how to use a second control stick and he had me play uh in infamous i think yeah yeah infamous yeah Yeah. it went very poorly (laughs) and i didn't know what was going on and i was so stressed he didn't know how to do it it's fine and then i didn't know i didn't figure out how to like use a stick until i uh got very determined to play overwatch and then that was also my first first person shooter so like I yes <laughs> I do this thing where I'm like I don't like that and then there's like one specific game in the genre where I'm like okay I'll do I like it that for now. you and <laughs> I get good at it and I'm like okay I understand now I'm good now <laughs> right. this is a cycle with like every guilty game. year as well yeah no fighting <laughs> games as well Shamal's trying to teach me fighting games I've wound up crying on the floor we've talked about this one too. <laughs> <laughs> and then get the guilty gear happened yeah. and it was like ah yes zato i was like amazing ah, the easiest character in the game. <laughs> uh. no i i i wonder because i know that you've you've played a lot of games that i feel like are harder to play than isaac like you've you've like basically 100 percented like ghost of tsushima right like that yeah that takes like more than two sticks right so like like i feel like the only barrier to the game now in my opinion when it comes to isaac is like I've seen Isaac so much, like, my eyes are so used to seeing it, that, like, a lot of the dumb meme jokes and, like, the, like, the, like, crass stuff in it doesn't phase me, because I've literally, like, seen it so many times, I don't even, like, see it. There's, like, a lot of old memes in it, there's, like, a lot of dumb offensive humor in it, and, like, they've, t- they've actually, like, changed some stuff oh. over time. <laughs> They've like they've re- gone back and like re-edited sprites and stuff and everything like that. Kind of impressive, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Considering they're like old new ground, like I think uh, yeah, they're like McMillan is like an old new grounds guy. Yeah, so because well, I remember some of his stuff like on Newgrounds and on like Shockwave mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like because I remember yeah. when those games came out, I was like, oh, that's I know what that is and those people. Yeah, it was a very weird moment for me, but um. Yeah, I mean, like, we started playing Battle Block Theater recently, and that's also yeah. dated. Um, not in a bad way, it's just dated. Um, and then I literally felt like I was, like, 15 when we were playing that. <laughs> and Cheval and I both talked about how, <laughs> I think we were talking about Fancy Pants, either, like, on the podcast or something, and then, like, mm-hmm. found it on Steam, like, immediately after. And yes. <laughs> both started playing that. So it's not necessarily, like... Memes aren't necessarily, like, old memes aren't necessarily, like, a huge, like, I'm not that averse to cringe or whatever, like, I don't care, but. Right, right. It's more about, like, ooh, that was a little off color, you know, like, I don't know if I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it like, that's, a, it has stuff like that, like, it's, because it's, it's based off, like, um, he based it off his, like, childhood, because he's, like, abused as a kid and uh, stuff, okay. but, um, Dark so. It's different to me in some yeah. ways, I don't know. It depends on yeah, the context. Right, yeah, yeah. I think most of it kind of fits because, like, especially when I heard that, like, that's kind of his history. I'm like, oh, okay. So, like, this is, like, not just coming from nowhere, right? Right. And it's, like, got a lot of religious theme stuff, like, very... I know um, that about it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, lot of religion stuff in it. But, yeah, I think you'd like it, not even because of, like, the themes that It's just, like, it's addictive. Like, it literally will be, like... Oh yeah, that was fun. Let me play it again. Yeah. And I feel like that's why the card games are fun too, because it's like, oh no, I lost after two hours. Well, anyway, let me play it again. <laughs> it when we were playing in fiction because we finally got through a boss. Like we lost to the boss the first time, and we were like, oh, okay, 
Um, and then we started over and then we got pretty far the second time, like our second run mm-hmm. was impressed. Um, but we wound up dying and <laughs> when it like started to start over, Sasha was like, wait, do, does our whole deck disappear? And Zach and I were like, yeah, of course it does. And she yeah. <laughs> and we were like, no. And I was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Roguelikes. <laughs> oh, hey. um, you lose everything. Definitely <laughs> the next time. So it's fun. But like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I uh, I had a train of thought before <laughs> I got distracted thinking about that. But yeah, I oh yeah, I, whenever I'm playing. Um, by the way, if <laughs> I know none of you probably see me on Discord ever, unless you're in like a Guilty Gear group I'm in or something, or my friend right. uh, group chat. But if you see <laughs> me like playing Loop Hero for hours and hours, mind your <laughs> mind your business. I'm probably not anything. doing well that. Day. But um, I'll be right. on Loop Hero for like hours, just like doing stuff. Sometimes I'll be working on a couple of other things too <laughs> while it's like running. But I'll like be on there and I'll get like a Steam notification that Cheval gets on and plays uh, Binding of Isaac, and I'm like, oh cool, mm-hmm. we're both <laughs> in that moment. We're both sad, we're both yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, dang, today's not going right. You know what else I should do? I should stare at a fucking screen and uh, lose something five times before I win. Yeah. Because <laughs> that makes more sense. <laughs> also, we can't exactly. go outside because it's hot as hell because t- it's already almost 100. Texas. In May. I, I, even, I even told... Uh, I even... I, I don't know, man. It, it, it It's it's so funny because you, you're like, oh, I've spent so much time playing Loop Hero. And, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm sure you have. And then I, like, looked over at, like, my Binding of Isaac hours, which, for context, I bought this game in, like, November. And it says, like, 150 hours or something. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you... It's out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't play... I don't play that much. Yeah. I'm just not used to having a computer to play stuff on to begin with. Like, I'm used to having to, like, boot up a console and, like, do all this other stuff. But, like, I can literally mm-hmm. just open Steam for, like, half an hour and like dick around for a little bit do a run and then finish right and i do like that too about roguelikes like you can make a run as long or short as you want it to be and it doesn't necessarily feel like abrupt or whatever you know like sometimes like i feel like with a lot of games that are like bigger it's like i don't know if i can get to a stopping point it's like when your mom's like you need to pause yeah like i can't like you don't understand i can't like with a rogue like you can or at least with like yeah. the, the ones i've been playing so yeah they're easy to get in and out because i i literally will like start a run in between like like if i have like a break at work right like i'll like right. go like 20 minutes and if it runs only 20 minutes i just quit and i'll come back later yeah. like it's like oh okay cool i'll just come back like it auto saves so, like, it's like okay bye Right, it's it's low stakes, which is what I really like, especially if you're like a busy, like if you're a busy person, which I mean, like a lot of us are busy, right? But like Elden Ring, I just finally got back to playing it, and I had to write down what the fuck I was doing because I did not remember what I was doing. I was like, shit in weeks. I'm scared to pick it up. <laughs> dude, okay, I- I'm not gonna lie. If you just pick it up, it'll be a lot easier to get back into it. But like, I- it took me like ten minutes to like. I like look through my inventory. I was like, "What fucking key items do I have? Where am I? What am I doing? Where, am I? where do I meet? Where do I meet the lady to make her eat an eyeball? Like, I don't know what's going on anymore." Right. And it took me a while, but yeah, I like that kind of game. I can't just pick it up in the middle of the day. Like, I have to be like, "Okay, I have a few hours. Let me play Elden Ring." I'm the same. And, way. Yeah, 
yeah, I can't, I can't like just, oh, I have a lunch break and they play for 30 minutes. Because if I'm playing for 30 minutes, at that 30 minute mark, I'm going to be like, I don't want to stop playing. <laughs> Literally, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because Zach is like the opposite. Like he would rather do like a quick dungeon run in like a Souls game than like pick up Blue Hero or Slay the Spire or whatever <laughs> because he feels like he'll get stuck in it for a while. And he's just like, yeah. which I understand, but like he's he's like, yeah, it's a lot easier for me to pick up like a FromSoft game. And I was like, what are you talking about? That is so <laughs> fucking funny. See, I I would feel like that about like Neo uh-huh. because that that game is has it has like kind of like the Monster Hunter structure where like oh, you yeah. pick a mission and then you go do it. I can get that. So like, yeah, like like you'll be like, oh, okay, I'll be here for like twenty minutes. It'll be done then. And then when it ends, you can just turn it off, right? Like I get that. Right. Souls games don't have that. They're just open. So you just <laughs> there's no stopping point. Yeah. Yeah. Let's rock. Y'all, I forgot we have a podcast yeah, that's about berserk. That's um we're supposed to do. Before we do get into it, um, since we last recorded the anniversary of uh, the passing away of Kintaro Mira did happen. It was yes. May six. So rest in peace, Kintaro Mira. Um, we're still doing the podcast. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're we're almost on a year of the actual podcast itself because we started it pretty soon afterwards. That's when we were like, we should probably read this. Yeah. So yeah, um, rest in peace, Mira. Yeah. Yeah, I think we had like some backlog leading up to like before we actually posted it, but I'm pretty sure we yes. started recording like right after I got back from California last year or something. So it was like oh yeah, or July, and then we started airing stuff in like August, I think. Um, yeah, August, end of July ish, I think. I don't know. You guys, you guys can check. You can tell us how wrong we are. Yeah, we're so. way off. We're not, neither of us have a sense of time. So, <laughs> no, no, it might as well be fucking like October right now. For anybody who isn't aware, all the trigger warnings and stuff are in the description. So, yeah, if there's anything that you want to be aware of or anything like that, it's all there. Um, yes. <laughs> it, it, it does, it does change. I'm sure that some people read them and are like, this is not the, this is not any different from the last episode. It changes. I, I do change them based on what happens in the episode. So yeah, just check that periodically if that's something you uh, want to look out for. Yeah. Sometimes there's just like, we have like our blanket ones, but then like, you know, if there's like a very explicit rape scene or something, we'll make sure to like, annotate that or like annotate like certain slurs used or whatever so yeah uh, which <laughs> we will for this chapter um it's coming up on it but um anyways so last time on our podcast uh we were still in the middle of the battle for Doldry or of Doldry mm-hmm. one of those <laughs> but um guts was fighting uh with Bascon and their men were following them into battle. Uh, the hawks had started to push everyone back, and the rhinos were starting to freak out. But you know, the general's not really concerned about anything. So last time on our podcast, we were still in the middle of the battle for Doldry, and Guts and Bascon were in the middle of a very epic, hardcore battle with a lot of cool scenes that Mira illustrated. Um, very fun. If you are reading along with us, by the way, I recommend checking out these spreads just because they're really cool. They're worth looking at. Um, and then yeah. the rhinos were kind of like unsettled. They're like, oh, this guy's strong as fuck. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, he's like, no, well, they have worthy adversaries, but they're just harassing us. We gotta go ahead and do everything. Um, and then we cut up to our castle where 
I kept getting them both confused last time, but the governor, who is different from the general, um, yes. he's up kind he, of watching. He has a name. Does? We actually have his name. I don't remember it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I got you. I got you. So let me pull up my notes oh, yeah. real quick. I, yeah. Well, because we, we finally get it said later, but just for everybody like can keep track of who the fuck is who, yeah. um, his name is... Genin. Genin. G-E-N-N-O-N. Yeah, G- Genin. Genin. Yeah, so Genin. We'll go with Genin. For, pe- for people who listened last time, the pedophile guy. Yeah, yeah that guy. The yeah. pedophile guy. We get more kind of imagery with that. You know, we talked about that last time. Um, but he's up in his castle or fortress, just kind of observing everything. And he's like, oh, you know, they're pretty well matched. But, like, Boscot's going to kill my boy Griffith if he keeps, like, <laughs> going out like that. Um, so in his infinite win- wisdom, Gennon's like, I'm going to go down and take command of the battlefield. And as we know, that's definitely a good idea. But mm-hmm. the Hawks are kind of at a point where they're like, okay, we can't really cut further into like the enemy. So we're going to retreat. And the enemy, the rhinos, they're like, oh, yeah, this is great. Let's go. Um, but <laughs> Boscon's kind of like. I don't know. That's that's kind of suspicious. I don't know about that. It's kind of sus. Um, and the men, his like, I guess it's like his captain or something. He's like, you know, like the men are like really eager to go. We should go like right now. And he's I whoop some ass. And Moscow's just like, he, he's kind of hesitating, and it's like he knows something's up, but he doesn't know what, so he's not sure how to handle the situation yet. But before he can really get a grip on that, uh, old boy Genin is down in, like, his full parade armor and shit, and he's like, well, go get him! (laughs) Right now! (laughs) And, like, offers this huge reward for anyone who, like, can bring Griffith back, like, unharmed, basically, because he really wants to fuck him again. And Bone's like, this is, like, really bad on a lot of levels. And Gennon's just kind of like, shut the fuck up. I'm in command. Do what I say. And, you know, he is a soldier at the end of the day. So Boscon's like, well, all right, let's go. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> shouldn't have done that. But, you know. So <laughs> we they go in pursuit. And as they are, like, the entire troops, I should say. This is not just, like a small part of the force that they sent after the Hawks. It's like all of them. But Genin was like, go now, go get them. Um, and it's kind of a do or die moment for the Hawks because they got the river behind them. They got the enemy in front of them. There's nowhere to go. So it's, you know, a very big epic moment. And we get a lot of very big epic art to go along with it. Some of the coolest spreads, like in these chapters so far, in my opinion, um, but as the enemy is, like, going back, um, we find Kafka on top of the walls. Or not, she's not on the walls yet. She's, a, she's like, observing from afar, and she takes her men in, like, under the cover of this dust storm that's been happening. And they infiltrate the castle, um, and we see our good friend, Adon, <laughs> again, who we love to see. Um, and this hey. is kind of, like, Oscar's redemption chapter, which as like corny as that shit is, I am kind of grateful for it. I talked about this last time if you want to listen to my full opinion on it. But um, you know, we get these these very like anime moments contrasted with this very 
serious battle scene that's happening on the actual battlefield, because anything with Adon is going to be comical, unfortunately, even though it's also very painful to watch sometimes. But he and Casca are getting ready to fight, and he reveals that his troops are all there still. Oh, He's like, yes, we stayed behind just to stop you. And she's like, I think they made you stay behind. And he's like, no, that's (laughs) not fucking true. Shut up. (laughs) Um, But, you know, Casca and her men get into battle with Adon's dudes. Um, We still got the other battle. There's a lot of cutting back and forth with all of this to get both of the scenes. So I'm trying to, like, encapsulate that the best I can in the summary. But... Back on the battlefield, Geddon's kind of like, why is it taking so fucking long? Where's Griffith? <laughs> you know, he's got, it's very childish, you know? He's just kind of like, where's my... I want this to be done. But, <laughs> of course, Guts is making it very hard for anything to move forward. So, Buscon steps in, and he and Guts start on one of the coolest battles we've had with Guts for a while. Also, one yeah. of the like longest-lasting ones we've really had since... I would say since Zod, which is, we'll get to that, but, um, <laughs> he, you know, he's going at it. They're pretty evenly matched. The men are like, wow, it's amazing. They're so fast. <laughs> um, in every scene where Guts is fighting someone proficient. Um, back in the castle, like, Casca is getting to kick Adon's ass, which is great, and She's he's like, how could this be? And she's like, I had women problems. And he like announces to everyone that she's on her period. It's very, <laughs> you know, very normal. Scene. normal normal scenes. But um, you know, she's still commanding a man. She's like, there's you know, these guys aren't shit. Do your thing. Um, meanwhile, on the battlefield, the tide's kind of turning against the hawks. We see a lot of them get injured and dying, and they're struggling. Um, and Guts is still locked in battle with Boscon, and at this point, he's kind of like, this is fucking hard, but it's not as hard as when I fought Zod. (laughs) So he's like, I think I can do it. (laughs) Um, Which is honestly, like, a very funny way to view it. But as he's fighting with Boscon, there's this particularly heavy hit, and his sword snaps, like, in half. His big-ass sword. He's not using, like, a normal sword. He's using, like, his surfboard that he fights with. Um, but Casca manages to, like, you know, knock Adon down quite a bit, and he embarrasses himself and everyone else <laughs> by, like, begging profusely and uh, pathetically. He manages to... Uh, get like a poison arrow in her like shoot a poison arrow in her and he's like ah this will certainly help me win and she's just kind of like this is fucking annoying (laughs) you're really annoying (laughs) and honestly when I remember when I was first reading that I was like yeah this is like I need you to die right now this has gone on too long Um, fucking pacing there (laughs) because everyone's kind of like all right that's enough of that but um, so Guts is knocked off his horse his huge long sword is like snapped near the hilt and he's not really sure what he's gonna do all he really has is like a tiny knife um but like then off in the distance we see a mysterious figure (gasps) and he's like we discussed this last time we don't know how far away he is so what's coming up we're not sure how (laughs) 
happened, but it did. So we'll get to that. But yeah, Casca's still fighting her battle, and the poison's kind of spreading through her as she moves. So she has like kind of limited mobility, which is her thing. That's how she fights. It's a lot of like dexterity. It's a it's a dexterity build, if you will. Um, but she's still fighting him and gets backed into a corner, but. Right as he's about to stab her, she manages to do, like, the sickest flip in the world and then, like, cut his head in half, which is very satisfying, honestly. Like, it seems cheesy and it is cheesy, but it's also just like, yeah, that was cool. I appreciate this. um, (laughs) So the battle inside the fortress is done. She's ready. She and her men are, like, ready to take everything over. Um, but meanwhile, Guts is like, well, I got this little dagger, so <laughs> I'm going to try to, <laughs> which like, I don't know what's going through his head. Cause I never know what's going through Guts's head, but some of his men get mowed down in the process of Buscone charging him. And then right around the time where he would be like getting right up on him, the mysterious figure, like fucking like frisbees this huge ass sword down. Chuck that shit. Like. You see, like, the veins in his arm, like, bulging out. Throws it as hard as he can, and it, like, lands in the ground in front of Guts. And it's, like, this huge, like, broadsword that's serrated. And if you've read previous chapters, you know it's Oddsword. (laughs) But, um... Dun-dun-dun! God, um... You could tell by the silhouette, by the way, from, like... (laughs) Yes. Uh, here, yeah. Here's the thing. If you, if you have not looked at this, if you've just been listening to us, that's that's kind of funny. First of all, but yeah, if you if you've even opened this book and looked at this section, it's odd. You can tell. It's it, odd. It, it, we we were being funny last episode, but it is very obviously <laughs> odd. Yeah, we were dicking around a lot because we thought it was funny, but like just in case it wasn't clear, like it is incredibly <laughs> obvious this whole time it was odd. That's why we were like, oh, who is it? Who is this mysterious man? It's odd. Um. So Guts is kind of like, what the fuck? And, you know, Griffith is like, pick that shit up right now (laughs) and go. (laughs) Um, So Guts picks up the sword and he counters Buscon. And then in the second move of the chapter, he cuts off the horse's head and Buscon's head and they both go flying. And it's a very cool panel. I really like it a lot. That's why I made a point to talk about it again. Because yes. it's so fucking cool. Um, and, you know, he's pretty injured, so he kind of falls on the ground after that. And everyone, of course, is like, man, what the fuck just happened? And, like, the rhinos are scared shitless. The hawks are kind of stunned for a moment. And then up on the ramparts, we see that uh, the Hawks have taken over the fortress successfully, and they have all their banners out and in hey. triumph, and it's really great. I honestly love this last page, too. It's one of my... I think it is my favorite page in, like, these chapters, just because of how happy it is, I guess. But, um... Mm-hmm. So that is the recap of the last time. And then going into this one, um... Let me up these notes uh, no but we cut to the governor uh, Genin I almost forgot his name already and he's like <laughs> oh god like, is that what I think it is and yeah. all the men are like oh f- 
God, we're boned. Like, <laughs> this shit sucks. Um, and we get a shot of Casca looking out over her men, like, kind of superimposed over it. It's a really good title shot, honestly. I really like this one a lot, too. But, you know, they're all very victorious, celebrating their victory. The enemy's like, oh, shit, that's, that's not our <laughs> What the fuck happened? And then Guts is like, don't you fucking idiots get it? Like, your leader's dead. Your fortress has fallen. You fucking lost. And they're like, we lost? What? And they're like so confused. And I'm like, I don't feel like this is a very confusing situation. You just watch, you just watch Homeboy get his head like lopped off yeah. with his horse. And now you're left down there with an old man who doesn't know how to fight. Yeah, yeah. you fucking lost. Oh, well, <laughs> you're not doing well. But, you know, Griffith as always, is great at rallying everyone together. And he's like, well, uh, we are going to hunt the rest of these people down. If they escape, then, you know, whatever. But until then, <laughs> like, fucking kill everyone else. So Slaughter time. Yeah, slaughter time. So it's just this huge slaughter fest happening. And a lot of the men do choose to run. They're like, yeah, I'm not fucking sticking around for this shit. And it's like, no, like, you have to listen to me, like, I'm still here, You're like, get back here. You know, like, the whole, like, villain thing at the end where they're like, oh, I'm powerless, but I don't want to admit it yet. Like, that's all oh, happening. Oh, no. Yeah. And he f gets knocked off his horse, and he's on the ground. And at that point, Griffith rides up to him, and he's just kind of like, oh, it's this bitch. Um, <laughs> and Genin, of course, is ecstatic to see him and Griffith's just kind of like oh it's been a while um and Gannon starts groveling he's like you know like can you overlook this like we've been pretty good to each other and like just to like throw that all away because we're enemies no, now, like that's silly right and he like goes on <laughs> and he's like I've been looking for you and waited eagerly for a chance to let us meet and I've like spent so much fucking money trying to find you again <laughs> and I'm just like as this is going on you're just like this man is the most pathetic person he I've is horny he is begging so he is absolutely begging Griffith like bad like straight up like he's crying and sweating and shit like yeah, yeah down fucking yeah. horrendous um the horrendous he's like he's like I made sure none of my men like even touched you and he's like clinging to his foot or something at this point I couldn't really tell what was going on in these panels exactly but he's like groveling as well and you know he's like I mean, like, we had that great night together, like, don't you remember that, and won't you, like, you know, grant the wish of the person that shared that special night with you, and Griffith is just, like, stone face. he's just looking at him, like, not saying anything, <laughs> like, that was, I realized I don't have a camera still, so you could see, like, my expression then, but he's just, like, <laughs> quiet, studying him, like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to let you talk yourself in the corner. And then he's like, Gannon's like, wait, you don't like resent me. Right. Which is so fucking funny. I'm just like, bro. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, this is so sad. Yeah. It's, it's really sad on it. Not in like a tragic way. Just like, no. Yeah. Pathetic. Pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> pathetic is the best way to put it. Yeah. And 
And Griffith's like, oh, no, I don't, like, resent you. And Ganon's like, oh, so, like, and Griffith's like, but, like, I don't, I didn't yearn for you. Let's get that fucking straight. <laughs> He's like, I don't have any emotional interest in you, like, whether it's resentment or endearment. It's nothing. I just took the liberty of using you when the opportunity appeared. And fucking Ross line. Uh, like a stone lying by the side of the path that I walk. That and nothing more. And I'm just like, how does he come up with this shit? Does he like stay up? He is a poet. I wrote that part down too. I thought that I was like, damn, that's, that's cold, man. Yeah, just like, you're just like, you read it and you're just like, God fucking damn. All right. But, you know, Geddon's, like, devastated, but before he can, like, get too, like, up in arms about it, Griffith, like, very neatly just, like, stabs him through the eyeball. It's a very quick death. Very, like, effortless death, also. And it's kind of like, but, like, I can't have you spreading rumors about me. That would be really inconvenient, so... I am going to kill you now. Goodbye. And then with that, he just kind of leaves him to die, like, in the dust on the battlefield. Which, honestly, I think is a good closure for them. You know? Yeah. Like... The the panels for this are really um, well done. Yeah. But there's literally a lot of space they put in here. It's very final. And then you do kind of just see him blend in with the rest of the bodies on the battlefield as Griffith makes his way off. Yeah. Like, if you haven't... Again, if you aren't, like, reading along with us, I recommend going and checking this out after. It's in chapter 28 if you're reading online with us. But, you know, after that very final scene, um, we cut up to the ramparts again where Casca's men are, like, you know, they're pretty, like, chuffed with themselves. They're like, oh, man, we fucking did it. Like, we got him. Hell yeah. down. Things are wrapping up. And, you know, they're checking on Costco and they're like, hey, how are you doing? After the whole, like, poisoning thing. Um, she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling all right. I'm good. I'm great. I'm all right. She's like, don't don't mind me. Go, like, make sure there's no one left. And, and they're like, okay, let's go, guys. You know, it's like, you get, like, that big sister feeling that everyone always talks about. I'm like, okay, good. We get to see, like, more of it. Like, the dynamic, I guess. Um but she's laying up on the ramparts um, in the weird pinup pose. Thanks, Mira. Um, but, Thanks, Mira. But around that point, she sees Guts approach. And for once, they both look very happy to see each other, which is kind of nice. You know, like you can feel how their relationship has progressed kind of in these panels. And it's a nice, you know, nice bit of progression. But yeah. um, he sees she's injured and he's like oh wait what the fuck happened she's like eh, you know it's just a scratch i mean that's what i want to say but like can you help me get up yeah <laughs> <laughs> and like i thought that was a really cute line i liked that a lot but she's like bro i am hurt actually she's like, um, i am struggling <laughs> i cannot stand up on my own for shit right now but he helps her stand up and they kind of look over everything and they both get to watch Griffith, like, you know, walk through his men and, like, share in that victory that they had. And um, it gets kind of quiet and Guts looks over and sees that Casca's crying. And he's kind of like, again, testament to how they've progressed. He's kind of like, oh, you good? <laughs> What's up? Um, and she's like, I- I'm going to read this part because I think, again, this is poetic, but also it would be hard to summarize in my own words. And she says, it's strange, actually. 
when the battle I always think this when the battle is over and Griffith is surrounded by everyone cheering in victory that he's somehow out of reach and that he exists somewhere far away and it hurts and she's like smiling as she's crying but like you get that sense of like longing and you do feel the Mm -hmm. distance in that moment as well and Getz is kind of like thinking about it and is quiet and it's obvious he feels it too and you know he's been thinking about leaving for similar reasons um so but he tells her he's like i mean that's not the case and she's kind of like what the fuck are you talking about and he drops his sword he doesn't have a sheath for the sword so he can't like carry it around the way he carries the other one around so he drops his sword and he like scoops Casca up in his arms and she's kind of like what the fuck are you doing and it's like you'll never get anywhere just standing here watching him and Let's go. Go to your man. Let's go meet. Yeah, let's go see your man. <laughs> um, <laughs> she gets like a little sparkly princess moment and she's like, yeah. And then a very cute panel of Guts like running off with her in his arms and they're both laughing. I really like that panel too. Mm-hmm. It's very goofy, but he like glances back at the sword as he's like running off with her and he's like, nah, I couldn't be. Um, and then we like pan up and we see that it is. It's odd in case like you now. Also very sick spread of Zod and like his horse who has like the same eyes as him. I don't know what's happening there, but I love it. Good fucking demon horse. He's on his Radon show. Yeah, it's fucking odd as hell. (laughs) I love Zod. I I, we haven't talked about Zod in a while. I fucking love Zod. Zod's sick. Yeah, I'm I'm very glad we got to see yeah. him again. You know, and he's kind of like observing everything and then because it's Zod, he has to be cryptic. Um and he just kind of is watching and then he like looks at the sun and he's like the eclipse will soon come and the demon advent approaches and he says this as he's like riding off into the sunset/dust storm. And that mm. is the end of that chapter. Uh, which is yes, a very good sir. chapter, even though it's a short one, in my opinion. So. Slash. Slash. Yeah, no, very, very good, like, closing to that section. Yeah. Because, uh, first of all, Dolgy Battle was sick. But, you know, the final reveal that, you know, it was Zod. And y- you said it in your recap. But the funny thing is, before Zod throws the sword down, like, <laughs> Guts just happens to think about him. He's like, well... This isn't as bad as Zod, right? And it's almost like Zod heard it. And he's like, <laughs> he said, <laughs> anyway, here's the sword. Kill him. <laughs> he's like, I want to, and like, this is speculation, but it's kind of like, I don't want you to die like yet. Like, this is not how I want you to go. Oh, yeah. You can go yeah, like, later, but not right now. <laughs> right. He's like this, like, divine force or something. It's so cool. It's such a cool moment. Zod. Goddamn. Zod's sick, dude. Oh, man. Um, well, we, we, we can't, we, we, we're not talking about Zod anymore right now, I guess. I All guess right. we have to talk about the rest of the... We could, but we're not. The rest of it. We could. We could just make, like, the last hour of this um, about Zod, but sadly, we cannot do that. Um, so, yeah, now we're in Chapter 29. Um, it's also called um, Chapter... Uh, the chapter is also called Triumphant Return, so we're out of the doldry stuff, right? And, yeah, um, before we get into this... Shout out to Berserk for making a battle scene chapter thing. Like, one of the easier things to read. The chapters go by fast. Enough stuff happens. It's not a bunch of shit getting rehashed over and over. Good stuff. Um, Right. So we're... (laughs) Enough praising Berserk before we get into Berserk. Yeah. So (laughs) we go to this new chapter, and we're at this spooky um, council. 
Um, we're in we're in probably the spookiest building that is in Midland. Um, we get this view of the roof of it with how all these gargoyles on top and like not even gargoyles. They're like these like uh, griffins, I, I guess, um, on top of the building. And then we get inside of it and there's like these big archways, very creepy looking like there's obviously some shit going down. Right. And we see these six figures standing in a circle. All of them have, um, you know, hoods on. They're speaking with each other, and they're talking specifically about Griffith. So all of these people include our boy Minister Foss. Um, he's kind of leading the group. Um, if you don't remember him, he's the one who tried to um, get Griffith killed before. He tried to get a poison arrow. Um, he tried to get Julius. Him and Julius tried to do it, um, which ended up getting Julius killed by a counter assassination. Go back and listen to those chapters. They're very good. If you didn't see that Looney Tune shit, Wild yeah, um, yeah, it, it 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 sounds funnier than it actually is. So, um, <laughs> so the council is discussing Griffith, and they're like, okay, so Dolgy's fallen. Griffith has been doing super well these past few years, and now he's definitely going to be within our government. I don't understand why this is happening. He's an upstart knight. He's not royalty. He's he, this has got to be bullshit. I really think that the king is going to make him general, which we don't know exactly who's saying this. I think Foss is saying it. No, yeah, yeah. We zoom in and Foss is the one saying all this, right? He's like, so he will grant him the white title, the supreme rank of the Midland Army shared by the White Tigers and White Dragons. So, you know, they would be the band, the band of the White Hawk, right? So all of his little guys that he's talking to, we don't know these guys' names. They're equally as creepy looking. Um, they're all kind of looking at him like, are you sure? Like... Is this possible? And we, you know, see the statue that's on its back. It kind of makes me think that this is like a crypt or like a church or something that they're in. Because it's obviously like the middle of the night um, or like the middle of the day and they're like hiding away. So, yeah, um, eventually Foss is like, yeah, it's all true. But, you know, um, listen, we, we don't have to let him leave the castle. He, 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 can, he can die before any of this happens, right? And they're like, what are you talking about, Foss? And once again... Our boy pulls out his poison, his his favorite thing to pull out whenever um, things get bad. He goes, Antiaris is the name of it, right? It's an instantly deadly poison that he's going to put in his goblet while uh, he enjoys the celebration, right, for Griffith. And, you know, everybody else is like, is this safe? Like, what, what are, what's the chances we get caught? Like, how, how are we ever going to get away with this? And as they say that, um, the queen, who we did meet a couple chapters ago before um, the Band of the Hawk went out to battle, um, she emerges from the shadows, right? So she wasn't there before, but she kind of walks out and she's like, hey, even if you, even if what you suggest were to happen, I would see it settled privately. I promise it, right? Basically saying like, hey, yo, I got your back if some shit happens, right? Like, we'll basically make sure you get swept under the rug. And all the other guys in hoods who were kind of scared at first, they're like, what the fuck is the queen doing here? They're like, oh, okay. Oh, thank God she's on our side. Like, this is, <laughs> this is good news. I'm very, very glad that she's not um, trying to kill us. So um, these 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 little guys continue their little spiel, and of course she's like, "Hey, listen! So take heed, all of you. While this plot will ensure hereafter that the security of your social standings will no longer be threatened, uh, it's also to get this asshole out of my castle because he is low of class. He is an upstart <laughs> soldier, and we will not have our glorious history as uh, fancy pants." Um, Elites be ruined by this dirty, dirty commoner. Hey, it's basically what she says, right? Wars trying to get into our high class society. <laughs> like, yes, yes, and and that's the thing, right? Like, this isn't the first time we've heard. Some, this is what they've been saying about Griffith and the Man since they got there. Mm -hmm. Is like they don't even care that they're doing well. They just hate that they're like used to be poor people. 
<laughs> so yeah um and, and they kind of mask it as patriotism because that's what one of them says they're like naturally you're correct we too value patriotism above all and you know after they're you know getting the classes shit off you know foss um is kind of you know happy about it he's like yes this is great <laughs> i was able to use the fact that the queen was having an affair with julius um oh my to my advantage <laughs> dun 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 so yeah it the queen was fucking julius who if you don't remember he's now dead yeah, man's <laughs> right. dead as a fucking doornail. Like, yeah, he's he's he got uh, gored by uh, Guts' sword, and then Guts accidentally killed his son. So, um, so sorry about that, Guts. So yeah, he, he kind of pats himself on the back, like, oh, I knew she'd go for it because you know he killed, uh, you know her her. Well, I was gonna say baby daddy. What's the male version of a mistress? Is it still a mistress? Ah! Is, is there a name for that? Oh, God, like her. Her mister. Her mister. <laughs> <laughs> the guy she was having an affair with, yeah, right? I don't know right. if there's a term for that. I need to look that up. Hold on. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, let us know. Anyway, um, in this next panel, we go into the thoughts of the queen, right? And she kind of explains herself for these next few uh, pages. So she, you know, tells how, you know, his majesty, which the king, who's the king, She's like, yeah, he's a good king, but he's not a good husband. I didn't have, like, we weren't really close. And we get, like, this shot of him, you know, doing king shit while she's, you know, looking through um, a door dressed in, like, lingerie or something, right? And she kind of, she explains that she took the old queen's spot basically as, like, you know, a way to gain status and the way to be the queen, right? But she knows that, like, she wasn't really going to fill that void, like, and that's really like she wasn't really into him in the first place right like she knew that she was basically filling that role and you know in order to get what she needed she found julius and at first for her it was kind of like a burning desire thing she really like needed to be close to somebody but towards the end of the relationship she realized that she was in love with him right so she is quote unquote a woman scorned I know, I have <laughs> and she tells <laughs> yes yes literally um, and she says, you know, specifically, I will never forgive you, Griffith, not as the queen of Midland, but as a woman, I will take my revenge. Okay. Uh, um, will I take my revenge? Right. So we'll, we'll talk about that right. soon. Briefly, <laughs> um, there is not a specific term. There were people who are also joking oh, about yes. the mister thing, but it seems like paramour is the best fit for that. Really? Okay, cool. So, his, so her paramour, yeah. right, right. Her, her dead paramour. Um, yeah, and you know, and and just so we get some more color to this, some of the scenes we see like in this is like her standing next to the king and just having like a scowl on her face, but then like you know, the night later, you know, um, I think this is like post dicking or something. Julius is like oh, sitting at the fire like naked. a weirdo. He's naked by yeah, the fire. <laughs> yeah, he's naked by the fire. I guess like I guess thinking about what he's done or something. <laughs> and you know, life. yeah, and she's in bed like you know, like like basically post coitus or whatever so you know that's that's the context right but then she realized she loved him etc cetera, etc cetera. so we cut that so then we cut back to these little guys and they're like hey okay so now that we're gonna do this for our patriotism and you know to keep our little society safe everybody sign the blood oath and then we go to the next love me a good blood oath <laughs> yes we yeah we just just a random just a quick blood oath and then we go to the next <laughs> thing really <gasps> And in this next uh, panel, we get a huge shot of the entrance to Midland, or rather we get a shot of the Band of the Hawk re-entering Midland um, after their successful uh, taking of Doldry Castle. Um, we see a lot of different 
kids, um, nobles, all kinds of different people, like you know, on top of roofs and shit, trying to get a good look at everything as it's happening. There's like kids that like scaled buildings. There's one kid that's not even looking the right way. They don't even seem to give a shit about what's happening. It's a it's a really fun panel, but you know. Of course, it's the band of the hawk coming into town. So then we see Griffith. Everybody's like yelling their names. They're like, "Oh my god, it's Griffith! What the fuck? Ah, it's Griffith!" And you know, they're they're literally like um, flexing Corcus's. Um, in <laughs> in the um, online version, I don't know if this is in the volume. I haven't checked it yet, but um, it says Hulk Hogan the under volume, the volume because I okay that it was fucking funny. <laughs> yes, so so Corcus does like the Hulk Hogan pose, and they literally wrote Hulk Hogan under the panel. It's it's pretty great, and he like listens for the cheers and everything too. It's it's a it's two really cute panels. Um, Ricker gets hit in the face with some flowers. <laughs> a bunch of little kids are chasing Pippin because he's big man and he's really cool. And all of the lesbians are really really into Casca, but she's not having it. She's very embarrassed because <laughs> um, she does not like attention. And, of course, uh, Guts also gets his due. Everybody's like, oh, shit, it's the Raiders. It's Captain Guts. I heard he beat the shit out of uh, General Boscone. He's the mightiest warrior of the Hawks. And, you know, of course, Guts has no expression because he's not really one for any of this kind of stuff. And he's also thinking of leaving, right? So his his uh, second-in-command, Gaston, is like, oh, this is amazing. Like, we've never seen anything like this before. This is a really big welcome for what we did. Uh, Captain, you're not really paying attention. You kind of spaced out. You okay? And He's like, you know, Guts is like, well, you know, nobody even imagined that we would have done this a few years ago. He kind of thinks back on, you know, um, the, when he first met Griffith, I think a few days after I met him, they had their little bath fight when Griffith told him, I will get my own kingdom. And he goes, wow, it's absolutely incredible. Like he, he really like is on his way there. Right. That's kind of what Guts is reflecting on. So we go, we flash to another scene and we see a lot of um, we see Charlotte with some of her um I guess they're like her, um, I'm not, even, not servants, but like her assistants and shit her like that. Maids. Yeah, her maids. Like her ladies and in waiting, kind of. Yes, yes. Like her ladies in waiting and her maids. And, you know, they're like, oh, oh, here comes Griffith. Here comes Griffith. He's, oh my gosh, he's so popular. The women are making such a fuss. And, you know, Charlotte's like, oh crap, I got to hurry up and go see him. Uh, does this look strange? And one of the women mentions, they're like, uh, this is your fifth dress now, your highness. Like she's obviously been switching in and out of dresses <laughs> since she heard that they were coming back. And um, as he's passing by, they're like, hurry, hurry, come on, hurry up. And she runs over to the balcony. Um, she's really high up, right? So I think that this is legitimately what happens. But she waves down to Griffith, um, and he's kind of just, you know, tunnel visioned, looking forward, marching forward on his horse while all these other people crowd them. And he doesn't see her, right? She's like, oh, poo. And, you know, one of the maids mentions it. She's like, it's impossible to miss all this noise. Please wait until, after, until the victory ball. You know, she's really put out about it and, you know, very upset because she has this huge crush on Griffith and gave her something that she wants to get back. Gave him something that she wants to get back, right? Fortunate, but I understand. Yes, yes. Poor, poor girl. So we cut away from Charlotte to the Queen of Midland, which, um, yes, she does not have a name. Her name is the Queen of Midland. I checked the wiki. So anybody oh, checking, she does not have a name. Her name is the Queen of Midland. Um, so... You know, people are like, yeah, so she has some of the guys who were in that shadow council behind her, the guys in the hood, but they're in like their regular royal clothes now, right? And they're like, so how's, they're like, so how's the plan? Um, and everybody's like, yeah, all is in place. Everything's about to go well. It's fine. Um, we're going to kill Griffith, right? <laughs> so then we get another monologue from that boy Foss basically being like, 
oh man, it's an irony that he's going to go out into the battlefield and have one of his greatest moments and then boom, he's going to die. It's going to be so great. It's going to be, and as he's like thinking to himself and like hyping himself up, some guy runs in with a note and he's like, Minister Foss, uh, this is addressed to you. And he hands him a note. And it's a letter from a party, and the party's unknown, right? But Foss, you know, still with his shitting grin, opens up the note, unfurls it, and his eyes bug the fuck out, and he goes, what? And starts losing his goddamn mind. And he's in front of a few people, right? So because they're not, like, dumb, they ask, what is it, Minister Foss? And he's like, oh, um, it's nothing, nothing at all. Like, you good? Nothing happened. Yeah, they're like, is everything okay? He's like, no, no, it's fine. My apologies. Something has arisen. I, I need to excuse myself. And as he's walking away, right, he kind of starts freaking out again. And he's like, why? How? How did this happen? You bastard. You bastard. Like, he is losing his shit. But we don't know what happened yet, right? And coincidentally, the next panel we see is just, just happens to be a picture of Griffith and his horse walking through town. So, yeah, it's just a normal yeah. transition. Yeah, normal transition. Not at all leading us to, you know, the... What, what you know really happened but yeah that's that is the end of chapter 29 um triumphant return pretty good chapter for mm-hmm. what it is slash and with that we move to the last chapter we have today um chapter 30 also known as moment of glory so this is i'm, I'm assuming this is the same day i think one of the maids mentioned it but this is like later on in the day there's a banquet right to celebrate in their victory. And so we go into the building that the banquet is in. It's got like, you know, all this gorgeous art on the ceiling. There's a lot of different statues around. There's all these fancy schmancy people dancing to and you know, holding hands and bowing. They're all yeah. I don't I think Mira just wanted to show people doing different things. It's really funny because there are people like dancing on the dance floor, but then like right next to it, there's like a random dude like bowing to a woman or something. I don't know. It's just a lot going on. But um the band of the hawk end up showing up to the celebration and they get this really cool wide sweeping shot with the name of the chapter with, you know, almost all of them there. It's Griffith, Guts, Pippin, Rickert, Quirkus, and Judo. Yeah. All the boys, all of them show up in their fancy clothes. So no more armor and all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> Griffith has his classic ponytail that he has when he's trying to be fancy. Um, Cause apparently having your hair down in the battlefield is a lot more efficient. <laughs> um, so all of them arrive, and you know they're all kind of remarking on everything going on. Uh, Corcus is trying to impress every, trying to impress everybody while being impressed. Guts thinks everybody's really stuffy. Judo's questioning where all the tax money goes, even though he's never paid taxes in his life, because um, he's you know a soldier. <laughs> and you know they're all kind of just remarking on like, wow, we really made it here. And Rickert specifically is like you know, maybe we should be on our best behavior. We really haven't been anywhere like this. I never would have imagined we'd get this far, you know, being at the Band of the Hulk, uh, surrounded by all these noble people in the Castle Hall. And Judo's like, yeah, you said it, right, man? You know, Guts, you know, looks at Griffith, who kind of walks forward and goes to do his thing, right? And he immediately gets swarmed by women, a bunch of women (laughs) coming up to Griffith, the usual. And they're like, oh my God, welcome home. We thought you you were like, we were so good you were... We're glad you were safe. We thought you were, you know, going to be hurt. We want to dance with me later. And he's like, I thought women didn't like tales of battle. And they're like, no, it's stimulating, right? And so, you know, he's very used to this, which Judo and Rickert are, like, impressed by. And, you know, Corcus has no bitches. He's very sad. But, you know, soon all of, all of the women... Sw- <laughs> yeah, he is, he, he's maidenless. 
but you know, not not for long because eventually the rest of the women get to the rest of the band of the hawk, and they're like, "Oh wow, you guys are the commanders!" And you know, how, how are you guys doing? Aren't you the general who beat Boscone guts? Wow, you're the, you're world renowned for being such a hero. I heard you also defeated a hundred, like just like assaulting them with like all these questions and stuff. And um, guts guts does not like this, so he just kind of walks away mid conversation. <laughs> Which leaves not only a few of the women dumbfounded, but also Rickert. Like, they're like, oh my god, he just walked away. Um, <laughs> which is even funnier, considering that the next panel, some woman's, like, pinching Rickert's cheeks, because he's a child. Um, but <laughs> He's like, that's selfish. But, Why are you doing that? <laughs> he's like, that's selfish, Guts, because he also clearly doesn't want to be involved in this. Neither does Pippin. Honestly, the only person who looks like they're enjoying this is Corcus. He's always... Um, in the middle of this, and while he's saying this, you know, he makes sure to call Guts a fag um, yeah. for walking away um, from all the women. Good old, good old Quirkus. We haven't we haven't seen a slur since uh, um, Guts and Gu- Guts and uh, Griffith fighting for the first time. We called him fag, but uh, <laughs> th- th- thank you, thank you, Berserk. Just every now, um, sprinkle yeah. for zest. Just, just, just a little homophobia. Um, so as all the guys are getting swarmed and, you know, Guts makes his way to the corner, we see some of the other nobles um, getting really um, upset, kind of like, oh, this is bullshit. He's an E festive. They're, 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 he's got the attention of all of our daughters and wives. This is bullshit. You know, while they're, you know, being all sad and everything, um, we flash back to Sir Owen and Sir Laban, who, if you do not remember, um, Sir Laban was the one who kind of stuck up for Griffith during the meeting um, whenever he volunteered to go take Doldry. Um, so he's talking to Sir Owen, who's the guy that said that Griffith was hot last time. <laughs> um, they're kind of, they're talking about it and they're like, well, they all seem to be really uh, salty about this, but you know, the Hawk is worth the merit. And they're like, yeah, no, they really did help us out. Um, shout out to you for, you know, boosting up in the meeting in the meeting is what Owen says. Right. And Laban is like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad because you kind of have to do whatever you have to do to get war over with. Like, you know, worlds of peace are really good. But when the peace ends, other stuff needs to happen. And I'm not too sure about him. Right. So he's talking about Griffith as he says all this. He's like, he's too conspicuous to proceed peacefully and uneventfully inside the castle. The more radiant the light, the darker the shadows fall. You know, so he, he helped Griffith out, but he's not exactly, you know, unwary of him. He's still keeping his eye on him. He's like, I don't know. This guy's very impressive, but we'll see how this turns out. So after we see this little conversation between Sir Owen and Sir Laban, we get back to Guts, who has found a comfy chair all by himself and is um, absolutely suffering. <laughs> he is not here for any of this. He does not want to be in his little puffy coat and his big boots. He is... I'm ready to go home to sharpen his sword and hit trees. And while he's, you know, complaining about this, he looks over and he sees, uh, no, he, he's, he's kind of just minding his own business. Right. So we see from his perspective that Casca is like to his left and she's surrounded by all these men. She turns around and sees him. And as, after she sees him, she's like, Oh God, thank God it's guts. And she storms over. And as she's storming over, Guts notices her. And she grabs him and walks all the way to the other side of the <laughs> to the other side of the hall, right? Basically to like get away from everybody. And she's like, they refuse to leave me alone. Pretend you're with me for a bit. And Guts is starting to notice too, but she, uh Casca isn't in her usual clothing, um, all you know, all her battle gear and stuff. She's got this beautiful dress on. 
I'm assuming it's white. We can't really see colors. Uh, if you've seen the anime, imagine that. I think it's yellow um, in the anime. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. It, no, which would make sense. I think that would. I think that would make that would fit her skin tone and stuff. So that kind of makes sense. Um, so yeah, she's wearing this beautiful dress. She's got like this little um headband on and everything. Has her. She like you know put some effort into her hair. Has all these different things on. She has gloves on and shit. Like very very um fancy. And you know, Guts notices that he's like, "Whoa, you know, this is this is kind of weird to look at." You know, Casca's telling him, "You know, they look at me like I'm an exotic beast." They're like, "Oh my god, you're some woman who's fought." They're like treating me like I'm a rarity. This is bullshit. But you know, she notices that he's kind of like stunned. So she's like, "What's wrong with you?" And he goes, and "So you know, being Guts, he can't just be sweet. He has to immediately go into a joke." And before he can get it out, she knees him and he she elbows him in the chin, <laughs> causing him to bite his tongue literally. And, you know, causing also a bunch of the noble ladies to see them and be like, normal women don't use their elbows, <laughs> which is my favorite line from these three chapters. Um, just just something about it is really funny. <laughs> oh, God. So, so yeah, um, she ends up dragging him outside afterwards so they can kind of, you know, get the attention away from them. And Judo is the only one that sees this, right? Keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind for next episode, too. Judo's the only one who sees them go outside. Yeah. You know, immediately, Ikasuka relates to Guts and is like, I'm not ready for this shit. The only thing I'm ready for is swinging a sword. I was never meant for this. And Guts is like, you're goddamn right. You said it. So, you know, he, of course, starts remarking, remarking on her dress some more, some more. And he's like, what happened to you? I've never seen you dress like this before. When did uh, Big Sis Casca, the demon, go flooding around like this? And, you know, she kind of mentioned, she's like, well, I dress like a man because it's easier to get around. But, you know, I'm not against wearing this stuff. I, I guess I should do this more often than usual. But, you know, it's been years since I've worn a skirt. Like, she kind of just starts going into, like, you know, why she doesn't feel as comfortable in these clothing. And, you know, she's like, I have gotten a lot more muscular. I mean, do you think I look weird, Guts? And, you know, he's like, no, not a bit. You look pretty good. And, you know, he starts complimenting her and stuff. And he's like. Yeah, you look a lot better than those noble girls in there. Like you know, saying you know, has to has to tell her she looks better than other girls. You know, you're you're built different, right? (laughs) (laughs) And you know, she's like, well, I only ever danced at my village festival when I was a kid. You know, because Guts is like, you should go. You know, ask at Griffith to dance. And you know, she's kind of you know just taken aback by that. She's like, I don't know about all that. So she turns the guts and turns the conversation on him. She's like, so. What happened to you? Why you never show up to these things? Why do you suddenly want, suddenly want to come to this? And he's like, "Well, I kind of wanted to see it for myself. All this progress that the Band of the Hawk has made. I mean, these past three years since I met you all. Which another notification that's been three years. They mentioned this like a long time ago, but it has been three years. <laughs> and he's like, all the things he's managed to get to get you know so far in, how much progress he's made. You know, guts just wanted to see it with his own eyes one last time. Is kind of what he implies." You know, Casca is kind of taken aback and she's like, so are you really serious? Like, no matter what, you're going to leave. And before they can finish this conversation, they hear a bunch of applause because the king has arrived and he's got this super fancy outfit on. He looks like fucking Dracula with his big ass cape on. Um, Charlotte. <laughs> yes. he. There there are so many lines on this man. Like, like it is absolutely insane. Um, and he also showed up with Charlotte and um, the queen of Midland. So... You know, of course, it's time to start listening and Casca changes the subject. No, actually, Guts changes the subject because, you know, he doesn't want to talk about that shit. He says, well, the sponsors have appeared. You should go on ahead. Um, I'll stay out here. Don't. It won't be too long. Don't worry about it. 
And, you know, she kind of just looks back and she's like, well, okay. And before she leaves, Guts is like, wait, hang on. She's like, what? And he's like, eh, never mind. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Which is the most annoying thing in the world because he obviously had something to tell her, right? So he stays outside and he's like, okay, so there's another reason that she's thinking to himself, right? And he's going, well, there's another reason I showed up here and the rest of the band of the Hawk don't know. And that's kind of a part of the plan. And isn't that a little cruel, Griffith? Is kind of what he says as he looks at Griffith through the window. So we go back to the inside of the castle and the king's making his little announcements. He's doing his thing where he's like, we have great news. We have signed an armistice agreement. So um, long story short, they're reaching a short time of peace. So, you know, they, they're finally reaching an agreement to stop the fighting for a while. Um, even though there are a lot of people, whether it's, you know, nobles or common people who are kind of like, fuck that. We want to go fight Tudor and we want to end the, we want to end the war with, you know, violence. And he's like, well, we can't do that. We, we sympathize, but you know, our kingdom's really weary and we need to rebuild more than anything. And while he's talking about this, you know, Charlotte's looking for Griffith and she waves at him and he seems to acknowledge it this time, right? Like he's looking at her and, you know, while, you know, they're, you know, getting, you know, looking at each other from across the room, the King starts to announce something. He's like, well, you know, this wouldn't have all been, this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the band of the Hawk. They, they really, helped us out by recapturing territory since they've been here it is their it is their responsibility basically for making sure that we captured doldry and they took care of it and it's been impossible for us to do anything without them so um without further ado it's time to name griffith general so griffith is named the white phoenix general uh, white general white phoenix general griffith right so he's officially promoted in front of everybody it's not just a rumor anymore right so he's been he's going to be um, knighted and everything. It's not official official, but it's the next step, right? Like so, they're like, yeah, we're announcing that it's happening, and the band of the hawk are like, oh shit! Like everybody but Griffith is like, oh god, I can't believe this is happening. We get Casca. She just walked into the room as it was getting announced, and she's like flabbergasted, just mouth like agape. Um, Corcus is like, oh my god, we're going to be nobles. I can't believe this. And, you know, as everybody's freaking out and there's a bunch of applause, like people just started clapping ever since it got announced, right? And as all of this is happening, Griffith doesn't really have an expression on his face, but he turns around and looks all the way through the window to see um, Guts um, still on the balcony. And they kind of share a glance at each other and they stare at each other and smile through the window. And with that, we get um, what's probably going to be the cover of this episode and the last page of chapter 30. Um with that glance between Guts and Griffith, because um, they clearly have something going on. And, you know, Guts, I think, is honestly actually proud of Griffith, but he's got some other feelings underneath, as we've talked about before. So, yeah, with that, that's the end of chapter 30, and that's the three chapters, y'all. That's it. Slash! That's a good shit, these chapters. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like it was a pretty good transition back to, like, being back in Midland, you know? Because... Yes, yes. It could have been really much better than previous way. ones. No, he's well, Mir's done shit like that before. Well, we'll be in Midland and then suddenly we're on the battlefield. Or like we'll be like talking to people and then suddenly we're on the battlefield. So he did a lot better job of like giving a chapter of discourse and dialogue and shit that was also like, okay, no, th during this chapter they're coming into town. Like it's not just Okay, they're back. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, which is nice. I think the pacing was really well done, which is which is why I think we did three chapters today. I felt like it was just a better like end cap. Yeah, no, because, for like, sure. Yeah, yeah.
I also felt like, you know, it was a good like amount of info and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. So really chapter 28 was kind of just the end of that battle, but also the most important part was um, Griffith kind of getting that closure with Ginnon and uh, killing him on the battlefield. Yeah. And the reveal of um, Zod being at the top of the, the mountain, right? Which is funny because like we said, if you see his image before they explicitly show that it's him, you know it's him. Like, you can see it. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can see his silhouette and everything. Well, and his like, eyes are glowing, times. too. And we've only met, like, one person at this point who is like that. And it's just kind of like, oh, wow, I wonder who, who's that Pokemon? You know, like, it's like. It's, it's, it's the snake dude from the very first chapter of Berserk. <laughs> That's who oh it is. No, it's Pikachu. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my god! Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I, I um, it, but like at the same time, it's like one of those things where it, it just did a good job closing out that section yeah. because uh, there wasn't really much left besides Gina needed to be like finished off. Like, are we going to close this like storyline? Because the storyline has been here since Casca told guts that story. Like. It's like four episodes, four or five episodes away for us, but like that was chapters ago that you know we first learned of this whole it was situation. A while ago. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. I think this chapter, like you said, like it's a good end cap, and like I think that's why this transition worked so much better than some of Mira's other battle chapters because it didn't go from like they're fighting to people are dead, and now we're back here. <laughs> you know, like it's like they're fighting. We see the end of the fight. You know, we see the outcome of everything, which is really good. And Griffith gets his little closure, which is really good. And he deserves it. Like, fucking God. Yeah, he did. He he deserved it. Because I... mm, uh, I, I'm trying not to spoil what happens next. But we will get to something that Griffith does. Because it's one of those things where, like, he self-destructed in that moment with Ganon. And, like, he was doing something that hurt himself. Yeah. And I feel like he kind of, like, got to, like... I feel like for him, this was him kind of like forgetting he did that. If that makes sense, yeah. Like it was like, well, he's dead now. So, like, like, like when he was talking about rumors or whatever, I feel like that was really him being like, now I don't have to think about you anymore because you're fucking dead. Yeah, like, yeah. And like we get that bit with Costco like back before, right? Where she's like, I just hope like he can keep his head throughout the whole thing, right? And like mm-hmm. he did, but then like. <sighs> I don't know, because, like, when he's talking to him, he's like, oh, man, like, I don't even fucking think about you. Like, he was being as cruel as he could, which is fine. Yes. But, like, yeah. we we all know that's not true, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, you didn't forget about, like, a very traumatizing experience. It stuck with you, and you literally orchestrated the battle around, like, hoping he would come out onto the field, you know? Yeah, like, you're not, fool- you're not fooling anybody, my guy. Yeah. Like, I- and I get it, right? He's trying He's trying to act like that's not... It doesn't affect I- me, I mean- yeah. Yeah, and it's like, no, dude, you, you like, kind of... Not entirely, right? Because he ha- like, he's not the type to forget about his whole goal. But, like, he at least partially volunteered for this job because he was like, oh, yeah, I know who controls that. Yeah. I'm like, I want to yeah. see this through. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick, I'm gonna kill this motherfucker, which he does. Which, shout out Griffith, but um, yeah, yeah, no, no, I thought that was a good, I thought that was a good moment for him, honestly. Yeah, and then, uh, like I said before, I like that you can like see there's like more ease between Guts and Casca now. 
Like, it's not, yes. like, that immediate tension when one of them shows up. Like, he walks up, and he's, like, relaxed, and she seems, like, actually happy to see him in one piece and everything. And, yeah. like, asks him for help, which she would have, like, rather died Never would have than done that. do before, like, everything they went through together. So, like, it's nice seeing, like, that bit of progression and being like, oh, okay, they're, like coming together now you know after three years it's finally a point where they're like yeah we we get each other now after all that exactly yeah. exactly like that that moment obviously meant something for them because they they like did grow because even during that moment they were fighting and shit but like he risked his life for her mm-hmm. he like had his best interest out like even though he's being a dick right like we talked and we went into detail about yeah. that like he was there for her he really wanted to help her and he like honestly talked to her about like some deep shit and you know i feel like they've had some time to sit on it a little bit Mm -hmm. and you kind of get to see that because i thought like you said it was really cute when like he was like are you okay and she was like yeah i'm fine no i'm just kidding i'm really fucking hurt can you help me out (laughs) i'm dying i'm poisoned right now please help me like (laughs) like Uh. that that's the type of stuff where it's like like great character progression because we already got this is a polar opposite to the moment we got um, a long time ago when we first got, um, when we first flashed forward to um, the band of the Hawk arriving in Midland where the first thing that these two did was get into a fight. Like they got back from a battle where we saw guts go off on his own and kill a bunch of people. And the first thing Griffith uh, Casca did was go, God damn it guts. You almost got us all killed. And they started yelling at each other. He grabbed her. He was going to be real rude to her. But like, that's another thing. Like now he's not like, as like handsy with her. He's trying to be like more gentle. Like it's cool to see like, you know, there's some effort being made on both ends of it. Right. Right. Cause like they care about each other now and it's kind of cool to see that. Yeah. And like, I feel like, this chapter was like closures on a lot of fronts. So it was like a closure for that part of their relationship too, you know? Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's very satisfying. This whole chapter is just very satisfying in general, but like you also get the sense of what's coming because Koss is like, you know, alludes to Griffith being out of reach. And this is something she always feels, but it's something Mm -hmm. that's very much at the forefront of Guts's mind right now. Right. Because he's. Yes. Still thinking about that whole, like, staircase conversation and, like, what he overheard and things that he wants to achieve in his life. And, you know, I think this kind of just, like, confirmed it for him that he was going to leave. Like, he had already decided, but, like, this, like, really cemented it for him, I feel like. Where he was like, yeah, he is out of my reach here, but I can, like, get there in the future, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he's still committed to doing what he wants to do. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, like, we've all had moments where, like, you don't, you're not exactly, like, over something or, like, really, like, okay with the result of something, but you've accepted it, right? Yeah. Like, he's accepted it, like, yeah, I've only been a sword up until this point, and yeah, Griffith is doing his fucking thing. Like, like I like it because these chapters, to me, show that... um. Guts was invested, like, he is invested in the Hawk. Like, it isn't, like, an act, right? And we've alluded to that before. Like, when they first fought Zod, he was, like, he was shaken by the fact that, like, his men died. Like, he had a lot of men go in there and were, like, slaughtered by Zod. And it wasn't even, like, the gore that bothered him. It was, like, his men were gone. So, you know, we get more of that now where it's, like, this progress means something to him. Like, 
it's like, yeah, he said that a long time ago, and I thought he was fucking crazy, but holy shit, he's really about to do it. Like, he's really about to be a king or whatever. Yeah. I, like, I don't know. There's so much with that, too. Like, the chap, like the scene on the balconies and stuff with him and Casca, and he's like, he wants to tell her about stuff that's going on, but he's like, yeah. I can't do that you got, boys are up to something y'all will find out <laughs> soon um it's honestly a little bit fucked up but um yes yes i i really like this next really <laughs> that we're gonna get I'm into very next excited. Ooh, whenever i gotta tell y'all whenever it's guts and griffith up to some shit by themselves that is some of the like some of my most favorite parts of this manga mm-hmm. is when it's just those two doing something because there's the, that's the their relationship right is like and that's the thing i, I feel like Griffith does this with Casca too. And he probably did it more with Casca whenever Guts wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But like his little secret plot thing mm-hmm. where like he'll do something and will intentionally not tell the band of the hawk. That shit is like insane to me because it lends credence to that thing where he does it. Like you hear the band of the hawk talk about Griffith and they're like, how does he do it? When will he ever do it? And you know what that it is? It's because he's doing corrupt shit behind the scenes and yeah. I think that that's what I like the most about Mirror's writing is it isn't this like fantastical thing, right? It's like when you do see things work out for protagonists a lot. It's like, no, he's doing corrupt shit. Like he's paying people off. He's poisoning people. He's hiring assassins. He's blackmailing he's, people. He's blackmailing people. Like this is what he does. And I, I feel like this is trying to get the reader to know that they know things about him that the rest of the Amanda Hawk doesn't know. They think he's doing this like legitimately. And he's going through the right channels. Right. He's, this is all just happening to him. But when we see these plots with him and Guts, it's like, no, this is the real side of it. And it reminds me of like this, this sentiment that's been going around a lot that I, I agree with because it's funny, right? It's like a lot of people try to get rich and famous and they try to achieve status. But one thing you realize when you try to do that is partway through you're like, oh, everybody's lying and cheating. Yeah. Okay. That's how you get there. And it's so obvious that Griffith realized that like he's like oh no I have to do this to get to where I want to go to yeah but also to do that I can't let my men know they can't know that that would kill the whole dream for him <laughs> which is like goddamn dude like yeah. I mean it's that sense of self-sacrifice again right where he's like well yes. like my men are dying for me so I may as well like <laughs> just completely like throw myself in my entirety like into the ring like whatever i do it's gonna be like my entire pussy like i'm not gonna like do anything else yes and so like he does you know he does these insane like battle maneuvers that he knows are gonna work because he's you know he trusts in the plan and like he does like all this crazy shit behind the scenes that no sane person would think of, you know, but he's like, no, this is how you get it. And you're like, I mean, yeah, you're right, but goddamn. Um, so it's just like this constant cycle, I guess, of like, they're doing things for me, so I'm going to do this to like achieve my dream because that's what they are trying to help me achieve. Like, it's like this very interconnected, like, Almost codependence, I guess. But yes, uh, yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's so I love the scene at the ballroom because like you get to see like the other like commanders' reactions to things, right? Which is like yes. 
kind of nice because we don't always see that except like in battle. So like seeing Corcus be like a fucking douche and like seeing yes. like people be uncomfortable but also kind of enjoying themselves in some ways. Like all of those are like good things. Sorry, there was a nat. No, yeah, um, no, but, it's like, it's all good. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, like. They all, but they all agree, like, oh, we wouldn't have, like, even thought of this without Griffith. You know, like, this is mm -hmm. because of his dreams, because of his plans. And that's just, like, I don't know, like, we hear it every now and then, you know, but, like, seeing it and, like, like, they're seeing it, like you said, through, like, the outcome mm -hmm. of everything, like, the fruits of their labor finally being, like, being able to harvest all of that. Like, that's very big to them and they don't realize everything that went into it even even though they've also worked their asses off so right right no yeah exactly it's it's cool to see them like you said right like we don't see them in their like natural element and, it, and you kind of see how everybody reacts to this stuff and you kind of tell what their background is right mm -hmm. like like Corcus, obviously this is what he's been in it for he wants nice shit he wants to be rubbing elbows with the fancy schmancy people he wants women to be interested in him um Pippin just wants to be left alone. Yeah, Pippin. Guts just wants to be left alone. Pippin's there for Rickert and is like, yeah, he's like, I'm I'm here with my buddy and like, because we even see like uh, Rickert hanging off of his cloak at the beginning. He's like, I don't want to fucking be here. So it's like, literally, I I don't know. And Gito's like, oh, like I wanted this, but this is a lot. I don't know about this shit, <laughs> you know. Right. There's a lot. Going right. On. They they all seem very like unused to this. And then in contrast, there's Griffith just walking directly into the crowd of people, being like, "Hey, what's up? How's it going? You want to hear about me stabbing dude in the eyeball?" Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, stimulating Griffith, that's, and you're like, uh -huh. "That's so sexy." <laughs> I mean, it is, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, mean, I can't can't lie. I love. I think every panel that Ricker is in, I was sent Cheval one of them because it like had me on the fucking floor because he looks like surprise Pikachu. Um, <laughs> but like, there's like him being like, "Oh wow!" Like Griffith's like yeah. flirting, and then like these women come up to him and he's like, "What?" And then like when Corcus is being like really creepy, you like see him like looking at him, like side eyeing him on the <laughs> panel. And just like I don't know. There's just a lot of very good expressions in this. Uh, yeah. It it's it's fun because it's like it's trying to it colors more of their personalities. Like, yeah. like without for, without like further like over explaining it, right? Like because I feel like I could over explain that. Yeah. They're like good guys, right? Oh, yeah. like, no, they're like, just except dudes. for Corcus. Yeah. But Corcus. yeah, except except for Corcus. Except yeah. They're Corcus. all just like like cool guys who just are there for Griffith. Like this is their friend, and that's why they come to these things. Yeah. Because we've we've seen before when Griffith has gone to stuff and they don't come with him, right? Mm -hmm. Like, or they don't like. Sometimes it's because they can't, but sometimes you can tell it's because they're like, I'm not doing that fancy shit. Yeah, like, I don't want to be there for that. And you know, and and but then we also see. Um, I think Judo does some of my favorite things during the next few chapters in this chapter, mm -hmm. where he's always kind of like just observing people, yeah. which. We, we don't get to see anybody but the main, like, two or three characters do that most of the time, right? But if you kind of, like, pay attention to him, sometimes you can say, he, you can see he's, like, looking around, and that's when you see, you know, he's the only one that notices Guts and Casca go outside. Yeah. He's the one that notices, you know, everything that's going on. So, like, I like that, because it lends to, like, 
his personality and kind of what he's been doing anyway, like since he's been with the band of the hawk. So yeah. Yeah. That stuff's fun. Yeah. That's, that's honestly like why judo was one of my favorites when I was watching the anime. Other than like, I just like that kind of like snarky kind of guy character trope. I'm like, yeah, this is funny. I like it. But, um, yeah, he's just very intentional about everything he does, and he's kind of like, yeah, he's kind of like a rougher version of Griffith in that he's taking everything yes. in, and, like making plans for himself, but he's still open with people about a lot of stuff. He's not evil. <laughs> he's not actually not fucking demented evil, and evil. He's not. <laughs> he doesn't plan assassination plots that get children murdered. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> It's fine. Uh, he didn't do any. No, I'm kidding. He does. He does. Wrong. <laughs> no, Griffith does a lot wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Is what I want to say. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, the scene where the pan, the panel where like, I know I'm like dissecting panel by panel, but like, I think there's just a lot of like little vignettes in like the ballroom yes. scene, especially because we, yeah, get, we can jump around a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like we don't, like, ever get to see Pippin do much except kind of, like, stand there when people are arguing and, like, look very serious and then, like, sometimes, like, nod a little in agreement. So, like, seeing him, like, genuinely uncomfortable for once, it's like, oh, man, I'm sorry, Pippin. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, poor Pippin. Like, he genuinely is like, ugh. Or, like, even in the um, in the parade when the little kids are chasing him, he's like, uh, yeah. somebody come get your kids. Yeah, like, he's like, what's going on here? And then, like, he's got all these white women, like, micro-aggressing him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? I want to get so out large. Of here. Wow, you what, got what muscle. Where are you from? I'm going to touch you without permission. And it's like, he's like, yeah. ugh. <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, it's... Very, a lot, like, yeah, that's what I love about these chapters. It's it's so much, like, stuff like that. Like, it's a lot of expression of everybody. Like, Casca, like, you know, she's saying, like, I'm not, like, I am girly. I just, you know. I like that. I'm a a soldier, too. Like, I'm I'm a fucking soldier. That's why I wear clothes. I'm not going to. Like, what do you expect me to do, right? Which I like that moment a lot. Like, she's like, oh, yeah, no, this, like, I'm not, like. Cause, which I think is cool because it curves that, like, quote-unquote tomboy personality they push mm-hmm. with a lot of characters like Casca. And they do a lot of good, more building with that in future chapters, right? Where, like, because I feel like up until this point, that's kind of where Mira was building her to be. Yeah. Was like the, like... Not like other you know, girls kind of thing. I'm not like other girls. I'm like a man. Like, that stupid shit. And this kind of reels that back without step, in my opinion, right? I'm a dude, right? But without stepping into the realm of, um, you know, reversing that too much. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. That's what I was yeah. thinking too, because like, also I love that Guts does not recognize her until she's talking and she's like, play along. Cause he, he calls her abroad and he's like, wait, shit, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't catch that until I was, until you just said that i didn't even realize that that was her, that he didn't realize who it was yeah, he had that no is idea. so he's like and now that i it's pulling me along oh my god and now that i think about it we're not supposed to know either because we don't see Casca's face until like the next page yeah so that makes a lot more sense okay it's supposed to be like oh who's that and like you know who it is because who else would it be but like guts is just yeah. kind of like what is fucks who's pulling me what's going on and then she's there's another dark-skinned woman here what (laughs) huh oh 
dress, you know, <laughs> like, um, but he's like, I don't know. I like that. She's just like, well, like I wear it because it's like my uniform, you know? And it's not yeah. like, and it's not like, cause I feel like going too far the other way is when they're like obsessed with dresses and stuff. And like, yeah, you'd never expect that she was like this. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like secretly she loved it all along, but she's just like, I like, I, I like to wear this shit sometimes. Like, you know, I'm a girl. I like guys looking at me sometimes and dressing up and, Mm-hmm. all that stuff and like and like she's still uncomfortable in it but it's not like too far into like the tomboy being forced into a dress thing she's just kind of like i mean like yeah. i got a lot of muscles now and i don't know if like this yeah is like is this normal and he's like no you look great and she's like oh okay thanks <laughs> but she, she, she was like she was like yeah I'll, I'll dress up for the occasion anyway am i too buff which i was like laughing because i was like oh Casca, if you only knew i know no people people love that shit Casca. you you're fine i'm it's like okay. i'm like you could be buffer even yeah you could be buffer yeah. which <laughs> Sorry, that just reminded me, quick sidebar, that reminded me, I almost bought fucking Final Fantasy VII Remake the other day on, even though I have it already, uh-huh. I almost I almost bought it on PC, uh-huh. because there is a buff Tifa mod, oh, hell yeah. and um, basically makes the game worth playing on PC. Just wanted to slide that in there. Oh my god. Um, if, if you have the game, go ahead and go down. Um, I just remembered this, I meant to message you it, but apparently there's like a figure, I think it's a fan-made figure, but they did... <laughs> I think this is stupid, but I wanted to tell you about yes, it. Yes, the teeth yes, and she, the Jacko pose. Yes, <laughs> yes, uh, yes, my favorite. So yeah, it's a fan figure. Um, for people who haven't who haven't seen this, and you've probably seen it if you're in like this world that we're in, right? Um, yeah, there's a Tifa Lockhart <laughs> statue that. For people who don't know, there's a lot of companies in Japan that get to make figurines. And they don't need the licensing; they can just make shit, yeah, they right? And they can, sell, they, they can sell it. Yeah, they can do whatever they want. Long story short. And it's her doing the Jacko pose. Google it. I'm not explaining it to you. I, this is not that kind of podcast. Yeah. The only sex scenes we're going to explain are berserk ones. Um, <laughs> and even uh, she's she, even then. Sorry, y'all. It's not that kind of podcast. Um, she's doing the Jacko pose. And for people who don't know, it's over Zach's grave. Oh it's my over god, Zach. This is this is Zach's grave. Everyone, people who don't who haven't played Final Fantasy VII, you don't even probably don't even know who Zach is. This is Zach's grave. Nobody, this is the one thing, I think I've only seen Max Dude and a couple other people point this out. The implication is that this is fucking Max's grave. Oh my fucking god. Um, And that is my favorite thing. So. Fucking shit. Um, I know who Zach is, but do you want to know how I know who Zach is? How? Kingdom Hearts. Uh, so, um, <laughs> anyway, it's unfortunate, even though Zach is just cooler cloud, but we're not going to talk about yeah, that. Well, um, he's just, he's just cloud with black hair. It was just really funny to me. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's really funny. I didn't even realize cause I just like looked at the figure and I was like, okay, that's what I thought was happening here. And then like <laughs> dipped out of that tab, but yeah, um, yeah. It's not something you should be looking at super long, but yeah. I'm gonna send you the buff Tifa thing just so you can look at it later. But, um, <laughs> but um not that kind of look at it. Um but. No, no, no. It's 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 honestly funny. Like she's like it, 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 they they made her buffer, but the clothes didn't like upscale, oh, no. so it's fun. It, it's really funny. Oh yeah. minus. Okay. But yeah. um anyways, back to our actual podcast. Yeah, back, to, back back to actually buff. 
<laughs> women. We don't have fetishes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they fucking kill you. Um, if you're new to this podcast, we both have ADHD if it wasn't fucking obvious. <laughs> yeah, we had to talk about Tifa twerking on Zach's grave. But, oh, um, but anyway. You, you were t- we, we were talking about we were talking about Costco. Yes. We thought we were talking about Yes, Costco. we were. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I appreciate also that she's not like super insecure about it. Like, she's asking him, like, as a friend, like, does it look weird? Like, you know, before yeah. you go out, you're like, is this shirt weird? Like, can I wear this? Can I pull this right. off? And they're like, yeah. And you're like, okay, cool. Because she's just, like, smiling in the next panel. And she's like, yeah, that's great. And then he's like, you should dance with Griffin. And she's like, ha, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, why are you here? <laughs> so. Right. Like, there's that weird tension between them, right? Like, they don't, because that's the thing. Like, they're they're at least friends now, right? Yeah. Like, they both know that. Like, they're like, okay, we went through some shit. We're friends now. And, like. Guts hasn't shown any signs of attraction. She definitely hasn't either. So they're like, "Yeah, no, we're cool. We're like, yeah, this is my fr- we, we're friends. We we can we can talk like this, right? Yeah. Like, because I was actually kind of taken aback when Guts was like, "No, you look great. It's all I fine." Know, it's I honestly thought he was gonna keep talking shit, but he's like being really genuine, and she's not like she doesn't. Oh my god, this made me so happy. She didn't do the shitty anime thing where she blushes and is like, "Oh my god." Oh yeah. Um, she's like, just like, "Thank you, uh, Jesus Christ." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was kind of shocked you didn't do that, but she didn't do it. So, um, yeah, I I really like that moment between guts and uh, guts and uh, Casca because yeah. it's just like it's such a big contrast. Because even like after he saved her from when they fell off the cliff and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Those conversations were annoying. She was pissed and naked and tired. <laughs> she didn't want to fucking be there. <laughs> and you got that annoyance, and- you know? She's like, I don't want. Don't fucking talk to me. Don't. <laughs> I don't, don't say shit. You undressed me. I didn't need you to see me naked. This is bullshit. Like, it was just all kinds of, like, fuck shit. So, seeing this, the polar opposite, right? Like, this is after a victory, not a failure. And they're both, you know, relating. Like, I absolutely, I still loved it whenever they walked outside. She was like, the only thing I'm good at is swinging a sword. And he's like, a fucking man. Like, like yeah, I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I like it because I, I feel like they're both getting to know each other more than they thought they would. And at the same time, like we do see Casca kind of like go like, Oh no, you're like still thinking of leaving. Like, and and they don't get to talk about it because they're not like, they're still not there yet. Right. Mm -hmm. But she's like, Oh, like he's still like, fuck, you know, like we just started getting something going. Like there's this very like natural deepening of their relationship. And it doesn't feel, yes. like, super forced, which I appreciate. Because he, like... It's also kind of a contrast to, like, Guts's relationship with Griffith, right? Because it was very, yeah. like, whirlwind, like, I want you. And Guts was like, what the fuck are you talking about? What do you, you know? mean you want me? <laughs> and, you know, it's just this very intense thing from the beginning, right? And right. with Casca, you know, like, they had a bad start. And then they had, like, a very deep conversation that probably would have never happened outside of that situation, you know? And, like, they went through this (laughs) very traumatic bonding experience of, like, being worried about each other and trying to get the other person out. And, like, it was a very, like, high-stakes battle, you know? But, and then now, like, you got to see them on the wall have their victory moment together. And, like, I feel like, like I said before, like, that really sealed it. And then here you're kind of seeing the progression of that again as they, like, get closer. And they have stuff in common, actually. And, like, they, 
you know, can compliment each other without being dicks about it, even though they can totally be dicks about it still, you know? So it's, it's nice. And like, I remember, I keep talking about the anime this episode, but like, I remember watching the anime and being like, oh, this is a lot smoother of a transition than I thought it would be, you know? Like, because normally Mm. when they like want to start introducing a deeper relationship. I won't say romance yet, but like if you know, you know. But um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it kind they kind of hit you upside the head with it. Like they do the blushing yes. thing like you're talking about yes. or like they have like these moments where it's like yeah. Oh, uh. And like we had that one moment where he picked her up and it was like sparkling, but it was more because he was taking her to Griffith in that way, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Like we we get the stuff, but it's like a thing where anybody would be flustered, right? Yeah. It's not just like the oh, he he complimented me, so I'm going to be, oh, ho, ho. Yeah. It was more so like, oh, wow, like, he just picked me up. But it was also like... Yeah, big buff guy picks you up, you blush. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, exactly. And like you said, it, it is directly related to to Griffith, right? And and that's the thing, is like, I feel like we talk, like a lot of media likes to talk about the will they, won't they thing, right? And this is an example of it be done, being done right. Yeah, I Because it, it's still very much the you can see the won't they. There is no will they yet, right? right? Like, it's not like, oh, no, they're already in a relationship. This is fine. Like, this is the this is the one true pair or whatever the fuck, right? right. Like, it's it's more so, like, we're implying that this could happen, but not enough to beat you over upside, upside the head with it, like, this is fairy tale right. or something, right? Like, we're gonna make it, like, these are real human interactions. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, like, it's not like, yeah. oh, and after that, they got along great all of the time, and there was no awkwardness, and, like, there were no moments where, like, like they were just completely transparent from that point out, because neither of them are like that, you know? They both have secrets, they're both very bad at expressing their feelings, and, like, that's not gonna, like, solve itself over the course of, like, a week or whatever, so. Yeah, it, yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, it's just, like... It's very well done, and also we get to see, like, because, like, I don't know if, this is speculation, so this is not, like, this is me reading possibly too much into the text, but, like, any time, like, they get kind of chummy, Guts brings up Griffith, and he's like, hey, like, yeah, you should go see your pal Griffith. Remember remember him? He's like, don't get too close to me. Uh, Don't do that. I'm about to leave. (laughs) You know, and like also like, you know, he knows how important Griffith is to her. So it could just be him like subconsciously being like, she really wants time with Griffith and I'm better at getting that. So I'm going to create opportunities for that, you know, so it could be that. But then there could also be a layer underneath of like, huh. I should have her talk about Griffith because she likes Griffith and I'm not going to think about this thing, which is, it's probably both, you know, but um, I don't know. I just like, this is another good example of Mira doing complex relationships well, in my opinion. Yes. And I really like how they progress because like at the beginning I was like, this is really annoying. Like the whole like, we're arguing and the girl's always in the wrong and like, oh God, she's on, you know, like it's just this constant, mm. like she becomes the nag kind of thing. And I was like, this is annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it this. was starting to get stale. Yeah. And then, and, yeah. And then you get this and you're like, oh, okay. Thank God. Like we're finally moving forward, you know? Yes, exactly. As, as a whole, it works better. Right. Like, like 
leading up to it, it's like, God, this is annoying. Like these two, these two like can't get it together. Yeah, it's and like, just, can you play that, nice? She's very tropey. Yeah, yeah. Like play, like play nice, everybody. And then we do get that. And what I do like is that like obviously these two have a lot of shit in their past and a lot of like bullshit that they have to get through like, even close to anybody which is why like the only person Costa is really close to is Griffith and now Guts and the only person that Guts is really close to is Griffith and, and now it's Casca. yeah so like of course it took these two going through an actually like traumatic situation together to finally after three years together mm-hmm. get some sort of like relationship going like pl- like at least platonically at this right. point right like something is happening and it, and it and it makes sense right they've all they've both been through like like why would Guts want to get close to anybody? The person he's closest to, he killed them from his yeah, perspective. Yeah, I right? mean, yeah, like, that's a good point, too. Like, 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 why would he want to get close to anybody? And then he went through a traumatic situation with her, and maybe I'm just, I mean, it's just me thinking off the top of my head, right? Like, he was able to help her out with that. So, of course, yeah, sure, he can, he can, he can be friends with her. Um, Griffith almost killed him, or tried to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, of course, they can be friends now, which... Is that a good pattern for friendship? Probably, Probably not. not. But it makes it makes sense for Guts and for Casca for that to be like the way that they connected is, oh, you literally saved my life. Or like, we fought to death together. Not even like the normal way, right? Like it was just us fighting to the death. And then right. you told me to leave. Like, yeah. 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 It's very good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to shift gears very slightly um, because yes. the whole thing with like, the little secret council plotting and everything. I feel like that's a really good, like, not info dump, but, like, a nice size, like, little, like, pocket where it's like, here you go. Here's some of what's going on, you know? But um, just the stuff with the queen in general, like, suddenly getting a personality and, like, beyond what we've seen and her being, like, kind of a crucial point of the plot, I was like, oh, okay, all right. Because I... When I was first uh, rereading stuff, I had forgotten about this entirely. And then I was like, oh, that's right. She's, like, very important (laughs) in the next few chapters or whatever. Yes. Um, But also just, like, serving absolute cunt in every outfit that she wore. Yes. Okay, her outfits were sick. (laughs) They're so good. Um, Her little little expose, not expose, but her little explanation Mm -hmm. for why she wants to kill Griffith. Like, I had to sit on it for a second, right? Because I was like, okay, I get what Mira was doing. He was giving her motive, right? right? He's like, why would the queen want to do this, right? Like, why why, why would she want to do this? Um, she's hel- He's helping the king out and everything. We needed her to give her a motive. Oh, she was fucking Julius. Yeah. Which, does that seem like something out of left field? Not entirely. I don't think that that seems that way. No. I mean, Julius wanted to be at the top anyway. He didn't really seem to love the king he kind of just did what he told him to yeah so i'm not surprised but at the same time i was like and at the same time i have to think now right this character doesn't even have a name so now i'm trying to be like okay maybe it was for like this minor character but it was just so funny that he was like all right let me get one page in to make this make sense a little more right it was like it was it was an affair and she fell in love and it was like, did he do anything to make her fall in love? Like, did he like care about her or was it just like, that was the only thing that she had. So she like basically just got attached to him. Like, and I, do we need all that? Probably not. Cause Julius wasn't that major either. Right? Yeah. But it, it, it would be nice to get those things. Cause I remember the first time I read it I, before I even finished the, the page that she explains everything on, I was like, 
oh, so that's what it is. It's a woman scorned. And then as I said, as I read that, she literally says, like, I'm taking my revenge as a woman. I was uh-huh. like, okay, yeah, this is this is funny. Yeah, it's a little it's a little trite, but Mira is not known for his uh, well-written women, as we have discussed many times throughout this podcast. If you're new, yes. you can go back and listen to how much we love how Mira writes women. Because <laughs> he knows what women are like. He and Guts are um, ultimate experts on women, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I... I got to this little backstory and I like part of me is like, okay, like I get it. And like, this is also building up stuff for the King later. Yeah. Yeah. Minor spoiler, but like, I won't tell you what, but like it, it is like setting kind of the stage for him as well for us to learn more about him later. And, yeah. um, it's just, yeah, kind this, of this, it has purpose. <laughs> yeah. It has a purpose, but it's also just kind of like, cause I think I, like, I have a very short, like, paragraph on this where it's like, oh, like, you know, he, Julia stepped in where, like, she was feeling neglected and then, like, she didn't realize what she had until it was gone. And, you know, now it's, like, a woman scorned, blah, 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 you know? <laughs> like, I also had that in my notes because I read it and I was like, oh, I forgot it was, like, completely this trope, but it is. So, there's that, <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah, it... It, it, yeah, like, I don't know. There's some things that the payoff is worth it. Right? Yeah. Like, this is one of those things where, like, the payoff like, like the payoff for this. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, like, this is setting up things. Yeah. It's just, like, sometimes the execution, I'm like, mm, Yeah, okay. it's like, I, you could have picked a different trope. Like, she could have just been really mad that Griffith is, like, a fucking commoner or whatever. That would have been fine. Yeah, yeah. Like, it could have been something where, like, she, you know, she... Because she says she had a political marriage, right? So she could have been, like, you know, like, I was, like, born into this and I had to do all this shit to, like, get to where I am still. And then here comes this, like, little upstart, you know? (laughs) And that could have been, like, a whole thing, you know? But instead it was, like, oh, no, she was actually fucking this guy who died. And then Foss, like, even though he has no proof, was, like... (laughs) made her believe that like griffith was behind it all i think i have Mm. like uh i said foss is scheming to himself and lets us know that the queen and julius were having an affair and that he led her to believe griffith orchestrated his death and then in parentheses i had which he did but anyways (laughs) yeah yeah griffith did yeah yeah i laughed at that part because it was like well, Griffith did do that. <laughs> he like, did do that. Like, granted, you were in the, you kind of made him do that, but you know, it, yeah, you, you kind of tried to kill him before that, but whatever. Like, like it's it's so funny. I love his little monologues during They're this so chapter funny. where he's like, he's like, yes, my plan is going to work, and then right after that, something else happens. Yeah, like we're like we're gonna get more info on what his letter said, but it's just so funny, like him freaking yeah. the actual fuck out. And then everybody's like, what's up? And he's like, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's okay. I just love how he's like mid monologue and a guy comes up and he's like, oh, a letter. What? Oh, fuck shit. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. He loves to talk to himself. He doesn't even talk to people that much. He just says shit in his head all the time. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely big brain, but small brain at the same time has arguments with people in his head all the time but um yeah that part cracked me up too when i was reading it 
He's super subtle about it, too. He's like, (laughs) when he's like fucking yelling, I'm just like, you're in front of like 10 people, man. Yeah, he was like right in front of them when we were, he goes, what? And <laughs> and it's even funnier when you do, because you do figure out what the letter says, right? Like this isn't like a cliffhanger. Like, yeah, no, you find you, out. You figure out immediately. But it's just really funny when he's like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> and, then, and then my favorite part is everybody else just kind of takes his word for it. They're like, okay, whatever. Right, I guess it's not important. I mean, they know Which, like weirdo, right? Like, look at him. Yeah. <laughs> He looks like the egg. Of course he's a weirdo. Come on. I still, like... Spoilers, I guess. Not really. I still was, like, so confused when I realized he had nothing to do with the fucking egg. The first time I saw him, I was like, oh. (laughs) The bailet. You know? like He looks looks just like it. And then he He is the bailet. Ever. And it was just very funny to me because, uh, you know, you have the... Fucking god hand guy who also looks like the egg, right? Like, you're like six yeah. eggheads, I guess. But, like, I was just like, oh, like, we had that evil guy. And, like, I mean, it's kind of like a shitty shorthand, but, you know, whatever. And then he's just, like, a, like, political schemer. That's all he is. Like, there's nothing, like, sinister beyond that about him. And it just, like, I just remember getting to, like, the end of the event or whatever and being like, wait... He didn't do anything. <laughs> and being like, just having to, like sit with that after I finished the anime, I was like, he didn't do anything. I was like, like really distracted for a while, but like he, he's just gone. You're like staring at him. You're like, I know it, you bastard. I'm waiting on you. Literally, I'm waiting on you to slip bro, up. That literally, was me the first time I went through these arcs. <laughs> like, I know you're gonna that do something. Is- so fucking funny just because he looks like the yes. egg. I love that. He has, I like, love that. You know, the visual shorthand. You're like, oh yeah, he looks like the egg. The egg is bad. He's gonna be like super duper bad. And like he is a bad guy, you know, like he's constantly <laughs> talking his shit, but he's just like, you know, a power hungry like courtesan, you know, like there's not anything else to him other than Yeah. <laughs> it's just very funny to me and uh, will probably not stop being funny to me like the entire time we see him, uh, which isn't no, yeah, much longer. But he's fucking hilarious. There's there's nothing about him that isn't funny, yeah. especially just the, he's just a little slimy boy. Yeah, but fucking Game of Thrones, yeah, <laughs> son of a bitch. Like literally, though, that's that's all he is. He's just Game of Thrones man. Yeah. Like he's just Varys from from Game of Thrones. Literally, so, that's his name. Thank you. Um, yeah, the guy who was a eunuch. I can't remember his name, but um, yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever his name yeah. was. I just remember he was the bald man. Um. Literally, but, <laughs> yeah. The queen's second outfit when she's on the balcony. I the first time I saw that, I was like, that is the coolest shit I have ever fucking seen in my life. Like it is so. <laughs> um. That is the sickest shit I should have Literally, though, she has a very, like, drag queen kind of look going on, which we could talk about (laughs) gay coding and stuff like that with it, but I'm going to leave that for another time. Yeah, she is so, like, just generally, like evil looking. Yeah. uh, And we talked about this before. She has, like, super sharp features. Oh, yeah. She's got, like, a very, like, angled face. She has, like, the the um the instagram girl eyebrows yeah, like, and, like it's the tapered very nose and like everything yeah yeah very evil evil quote unquote looking but yeah no that's yeah. a whole other bag of worms yeah, we um, can get into that another day yeah. but um 
Yeah, I just remember she she's very much like again, if you're not reading with us, she's just very much like a evil queen like personified. Like if you think of like Snow Disney Snow White, like it's basically that, but like anime and sharper, you know? And also right. she has like significantly better fashion sense. <laughs> um <laughs> looks so fucking good. I cannot understate this. There are so many details in her fucking dress and like you can see the different like screen tones and stuff Mira used on it. And I'm just like yeah. Who, yeah. who had to sit there and ink this all out? Like what intern like got stuck with this job of like applying yes. all these screen tones to her? She looks insane, like in the best of ways. <laughs> it looks so good. Yeah, they they do a really good job with um, with like the detailing and all of, like the regalia, yeah, of the her and very Charlotte fancy people. Yeah, Charlotte's little hairstyle when they come out on the balcony is so I cute. Love like it. she has like the big buns yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I haven't talked about her at all, but I love her throughout all of these, and I just I love Charlotte. I want the best for her. She does not get the best ever, but like I, I really she looks so cute when she like. <laughs> is trying to get Griffith's attention on the balcony, and I'm just like, oh, girl, you you put your maids through all that <laughs> for nothing. But she looks so cute, and then she looks so cute on the, like, at the ball and stuff. Oh, so She has, like, her little cat face when she's, like, waving to Griffith. <laughs> Fucking yes, cool no. That's my favorite part. She's like, hi! Yeah. She's like, yes, I finally saw him! And, which is so funny, because that's, like, the moment she was waiting for all day. Like, that's what Literally. the maids told her. They're like, yeah, 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 don't worry. She'll be there. She'll be there in a second. <laughs> It's just so, I don't know, I just love her a lot, and, like, I tend to do this with all, like, ten women characters <laughs> in the arc. I'm like, yeah, I love this person. <laughs> I will defend her for no reason. Um, Charlotte didn't do anything wrong. She's fine. But, um... Yeah, I love her little outfit, her little, like, fluffy pom-poms on her hair. It's, like, kind of a yes. Star Wars-y hairstyle. Yeah, on some Padme shit. Yeah, yeah, no, she, yeah, she, she, yeah, she, and it's kind of, it's funny because, like, you can tell that all three of them, they kind of tried to, like, coordinate their outfits a bit. Yeah. Like, it's like, this is obviously a very special moment. Like, we were reaching peace. So, yeah. put on your best clothes. Um, the queen has on, like, the, what is that hairstyle? Or that, well, like, it's like the Queen Elizabeth hairstyle, where, like, yeah. like back and almost a heart bun kind of thing. It's really, yeah. I'm looking at these again, and now I am putting too much thought in it. But it's interesting, because she has, like, Elizabethan era kind of clothing on. And then the king looks like he's almost wearing, like, a Russian czar kind of outfit. <laughs> yeah. Know? Like, it's very, like... <laughs> ornate yeah. and like it has the longer I don't know what you call it like a tunic almost like a very elaborate tunic with the yeah over it. and then Charlotte also looks a little more like English I guess with most of her stuff because she has the collar similarly it's just a very interesting like blend of like regalia and you can kind of see, like, all the little inspirations in it. But it also still stands on its own. Like, you don't look at it and you're like, oh, we're in England or whatever. Like, I have no the fuck, I have no fucking clue where we are still, so. Right, right. No, yeah, exactly. It's, it, I, I like it because it's, that's the, that's my favorite part about the Berserk universe, right? Is, like, you can tell that he has so many references for things mm -hmm. in terms of, like, the fashion, what buildings are designed. But he kind of mix like mishmashes it all together. Yeah. So it's like all this different royalty stuff from European cultures, from like Asian cultures, mm -hmm. from like all these different stuff like smashed together. Mm -hmm. 
and he tries to like he because like further on in the series he, he does try to like make distinctions between like oh no these people are from this part of the mm-hmm. world and these people are from this part of the world usually in racist ways but oh, so racist. like you, y'all aren't ready i'm saying that yeah no, no, y'all aren't no, yeah oh yeah no the racism is ooh. Um, it, it, it gets, but yeah, like we see like Greek statues, but then next to the Greek statues, he's like Roman statues. <laughs> yeah, like, literally. Like, it, it's, it's, it's like all like, I like it. Cause like, you can tell he was shooting for the aesthetic, but it's so well done that like, you kind of don't mind that it's done wrong yeah. because it, 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 it's, it fits in the world he's trying to build. Cause you get the gist of it, right? right? Like I'm sure he's a historian might read this and lose their goddamn mind because they would be like, why the fuck are these columns with this dress in this time period? Like, (laughs) like I'm sure, I'm sure people would freak out, but it all fits. I feel like it. And I feel like he, he tries more to give the characters like outfits and stuff that fit their personality more than like the time period. Cause like the King looks like fucking like Rasputin if he took a shower. Right. Like that that's kinda the vibe I get from him anyway. So the Russian stuff kind of fits. Yeah. <laughs> funnily funnily enough. So Yeah, he has that very yeah, like yeah. austere look with the beard and the or the goatee and the mustache and like the longer mm. hair. I don't know. I like how he blends it all. I was just thinking as you were talking though. It's like what like in a not racist way, but like it's like what white writers do when they write about a eastern country you know and they like match every like chinese korean and like japanese thing they can think of into like a ball and like maybe have like one or two tire malaysian things in there too for like sure and like that's what it feels like with like europe here which is very funny and gum europe but like you said it still works and like honestly Unless you're, like, going into, like, deeper, like, folk garb kind of stuff. Like, I don't really care if you get it, quote, unquote, yeah. wrong. Because, like, there's some Eastern European stuff where I would be, like, you should probably look into, like, like the background of that, you know? But, like, this is all just, like, royal court stuff that the imagery is, like, immediately recognizable, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm not salty about any of this. But it, it, it was funny, like thinking like oh yeah he just did with europe what people do with like the continent of asia so right right exactly no I, that's what i like I, I like when artists do that when they when they take like 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 that's the thing is it works well mm-hmm. it works for what it's supposed to be exactly do. and and i feel like that that is that is necessary it's not like a like an example of this that i don't like as much but i do like it um, but I think it is also stupid is like um, how even Gellin used a lot of crosses. Oh, yeah, even yeah, though yeah. The crosses have absolutely nothing to do with <laughs> the themes or anything. But fans will re- will tell you fans will write dissertations to you about how Christianity has something to do with even Gellin, even though they're not related at all. That's so funny um, because they've said yeah. multiple times it has nothing to do with any of it. Yeah. He thought it looked cool. Literally, he thought the crosses looked cool and that it would look ominous and, like, tight. Like, so, like, I don't know. Anyway, it's kind of the same thing here. Yeah. Where, like, I don't care if he paid specific attention to, like, period details. Yeah. He obviously was going for it in aesthetic. And it works. Like, yeah. this is berserk. It's not supposed to be historically accurate anyway, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a fantasy manga. setting. Yeah, it's a fantasy setting in a manga. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm sure yeah. some of you might... <laughs> Like, if you care enough, might want to be like, well, like, you know, sometimes people like do that with like Eastern stuff and like a fantasy setting. But the difference to me is like, 
I guess, I don't know, just like white people doing it, I guess. <laughs> because like, yeah, that's yeah. Really all it is. And like, you might say that's racist, but I don't care. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> white, white people have been trying to make me feel bad about saying that white people do things poorly recently. Recently, I've been seeing a lot of people trying to make me feel that way. Uh, nah, fuck that. No. It's racist. Yeah, it's, it's poorly done. It's racist. It, it's, 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 it's badly done, right? Like, Right. Anytime you see something with The Matrix, for instance, right? Oh my god. The Matrix <laughs> is a fun movie. The way they use Asian culture and Asian shit in that movie is absolutely disgusting. I say Asian because it's not all Japanese. Right. And I don't I don't know if the uh Wachowski sisters know that, but it's not oh, even all Japanese. Don't. I don't think they even care. But... Um they probably don't give a shit. And th- and I feel like that's the thing, right? Is a lot of the times whenever we attribute a lot of fancy shit or a lot of royalty stuff people like to denote exactly what area that comes from like they'll be like oh that's british this and we still suck the queen's dick and all that shit so i know yeah i don't think that's comparable at all to asian thing look cool i'm gonna use asian thing like i like especially when that stuff happens and there's like no asian characters there's no asian people involved in production like it's one of those things where it's like ah yes so when i see mira do this i Sorry, it's it's hard for me to give a fuck. Like it's hard for me to to care, especially because like like we said, like manga has already been doing this for years, right? Like they take American stuff that they don't really care about and they flip it for something. Yeah, and you know, we've also seen them do that with Nazi imagery and stuff, yeah. right? So like it's a thing that they do, but in this case, I don't think it's nearly offensive as like as offensive as like the shit we do see where it's like just straight up like racism yeah <laughs> like oh we're gonna wear kimonos and have random chinese characters yeah. everywhere and or, or like a lot of the cyberpunk aesthetic like it's not like stuff it's like stuff like that where i'm like that's racist <laughs> like, oh my that God, is... every day i um there's actually if you want to read up on it like not just you but like anyone who's listening there are a lot of really good resources on Oriolent orientalism in cyberpunk and in like sci-fi in general there's like a specific term for it i think it's techno orientalism or something like that it's that would make sense it's really interesting to read about and it honestly like opened my eyes a lot because i mean you even see that shit in like oh my god what is it called firefly where like everyone speaks mandarin or whatever and like Mm -hmm. when you think about it you're like okay whatever but then you like you dig into it a little more and you realize it's kind of fucking racist. It's like one mm-hmm. of those things or like when you play cyberpunk and it's like all based on Tokyo specifically or whatever. And you're like, hmm, yeah. that's really fucking weird of you. Why is this person wearing a coat? Oh, you know, like. Oh, no, no, no. My favorite part about like all the cyberpunk stuff, because that's the thing, right? Like even like the cyberpunk 2077 game that came out, right? Yeah. Like it's based on a board game, et cetera, et cetera, whatever, whatever. Which is funny because it's like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't base things on things that came out like 50 years ago. Anyway. Anyway. Um, <laughs> any, anyway. Like, I haven't finished that game, but the parts that I did play, the thing about like where it's like China's going to take everything over oh God. is so overplayed. So and I know, it, and I get it. It's a, it's a cyberpunk trope, which is the problem with cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah. right? like, like, that's the thing. It's the source material. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of that shit is like, it's like those things where the people involved in it don't realize how racist it is, but if they think about it for five minutes, they don't want to talk about it. Yeah, like, you ask them, suddenly they're like, God, oh, it's just a story. Shut up. It's just a story. Then what do you mean? They're not, they're already doing that. Or, um, my, my favorite thing is like, uh, 
like, like I don't know. Just any anytime you you get this stuff brought up, people yeah. get very defensive, very testy. Yeah, and it's like, well, maybe it's because it's problematic, and you know, you can just accept that it's not the most well done thing. Yeah, I don't know, especially like the cyberpunk specifically those tropes a lot of the tropes are very um i don't know and a lot of it is like i get it it's a critique against transhumanism but you don't have to do that while being racist so i don't (laughs) i think transhumanism is weird as well that's 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 a a conversation for another time yeah it's a conversation for an entirely different time for a while but like also the final thing i want to add to this is like if you have colonized a country and, like, imposed your culture on them for, like, hundreds of years, and then, like, they use some of, like, the stuff you have imposed on them and, like, random shit, that is a lot less egregious to me than, like, uh, like I don't know, like, how a lot in a lot of, like, American households and British households and stuff, it's very popular to, like, bring home stuff from Japan or bring stuff home from China, yeah. and this is my exotic, like... Mm-hmm. You know, it's silverware and shit, you know, like it, there's a distinct difference in that to me. And that is what it's always going to boil down to. So like, yes, and there's also so much behind it where it's like, there's a very specific traditional meaning behind like how you tie a kimono, how many like, where the dragon is positioned on like certain Chinese robes, like where in like with Korean yeah, stuff, I was exactly. reading up on this for something like there's so many specific things like down to colors and stuff. Right. Right. Like, so to take that and do it wrong, it's kind of hard to take European stuff and do that a lot of the time. Like a lot of yeah. it kind of close, yeah. you know, and like they do have you meaning, throw it on. Yeah. but it's meaning that a lot of people already know. And so it's yes. not nearly as like mixed up unless, like I said, it's for like specific cultures, like, for example, like if you took like Croatian clothing and didn't know like the meaning mm-hmm. behind it or took stuff that like was inspired by like Roma communities and stuff, you should definitely read up on that. You should read up on how they tie their headscarves. You should read up on XYZ, you know, but like for general, like British and like Russian Germany, like themed regalia, there's not mm-hmm. nearly as much behind it in that way to me. And I could be wrong. Yeah. I could be talking out of my ass, but like, I still don't care. <laughs> oh yeah, no, right? Like, we're not talking about like, like we're talking about like British royalty, right? We're not talking about like you know, like if we talk about like, like the Gaelic shit. Oh or some yeah, shit no, like that's that. Well, like they the were stuff, also, yeah. you know. So that's, that's another thing. That's another yeah, that, thing. that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, that, like like we're not talking about like stuff that had like a lot of like did have like cool symbolism and stuff behind it, yeah. but like it's. It's yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I see people try to do like this both sides thing yeah, when it comes to like, cultural appropriation. And there is no both sides thing. I get it, you want to be offended, but nobody gives a shit about British people. The Queen's dead, get over it. Oh, so God. I I, I <laughs> So um yeah, I I don't mind Mira doing that. But also like just I don't know. That conversation is always kind of interesting to me just because I see people talk about those things like as far as like aesthetics being used and whether it's okay or not, right? Mm-hmm. And we've talked about cultural appropriation and stuff on here before and like I, I don't know. I feel like people just still to this day refuse to see like power dynamics yeah. or like recognize history. Like er- everything nowadays is very much we are in the moment. Only the moment matters. We don't like to think about old things that happened, right? Like that is very much the vibe a lot of people like to throw out there and like the mainstream. 
So whenever, you know, I jump on a white person's ass for wearing dreadlocks or something, I already know I'm going to get into a big fight because, you know, they're going to bring up Vikings. But then it's like, okay, so is that your lineage? Like, if we're going to talk about how you want to relate this to blood for some reason, like, I don't (laughs) like it's just stuff like that where I just want people to think harder about context of stuff, yeah. right? Because I, I I know that there's probably some um, uh, tra- trad, trad femme person who probably read Berserk and was like, I don't like the way these dresses are done wrong. This does not re- represent my white race. Um, so, <laughs> so if that's the case, I'm sorry. Nobody cares. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's okay in this case, in my opinion. I just want to laugh at Corcus's <laughs> pilgrim hat. Like, I don't fucking gear yeah why does he have it this pilgrim hat kills me his pilgrim hat kills me because i think that it's a thing from like his culture because the other guy gaston i think he also has a that pilgrim hat. Sense. i mean it's, so i've been trying yeah. to know if they're supposed to be like quote-unquote like fantasy italian or something like that i don't know I've yeah i suss that out for a bit because gaston and cork it like 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 it's so funny because those two are obviously like from the same place yeah. or something. But because I think he's talked about Corcus before too. He's like, yeah, Corcus sucks. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah. No one likes Corcus. But like, I, yeah. like, I mean, Pippin's dressed differently too, right? Like, he's dressed mm-hmm. honestly more like the king is dressed in a lot of ways. Yeah. And then Judo and Rickert look more like Midland kind of people, I guess. You know? Yeah. Like, Rickert has like similar lace that Charlotte's wearing and like, um, the stuff that Judo is wearing look like some of the other courtesans. So, like, I, I don't know. I like all the detail in it. I think it's very interesting. Um, I like how many, like, ties Guts has on his pants. Like, if you look at his, like, pants legs, they, like, go all the way up. And I'm like, that seems really unnecessary. But all right, bro. Um, there's just, I don't know. There's a lot of really yeah. cool costuming stuff in here. Like, I think that, like, Casca's dress is also really interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's also no, obvious that it's a Midland dress, you know? Like, it's not necessarily, like, a cultural dress from her. Because I'm yeah. pretty sure she's from the same place another guy we meet later on is from. Who is, um, um, Mira yells at us, this man is Arab. <laughs> he is Middle Eastern. I repeat, this man is Arab. Oh, he screams at God, us when the guy did. pops up on screen. So, <laughs> ready for Mira to like beat you upside the head with a bat about that. Um, that is also some of the very explicit racism we were talking about. He is about. dark. <laughs> I don't know how much clearer I can make that he's Arab, but he's Arab. So, like, you know, Casca is wearing something that's like more from this culture, I guess. Like, there yeah. are, yeah, for, from. Yeah. yeah. Like, there are cultural differences within like what people are wearing throughout this, but. A lot of them are very slight, as it often is with European stuff. I'm sorry, it is right. It's true. No, it is. And she and she obviously like bought this dress like for this occasion, yeah. right? Like she doesn't have these things just on hand. Oh yeah, no. So this is yeah, something no. she probably like either saved for or like someone helped her, or they gifted or, or, or gifted yeah, to exactly. her or something. Yeah, like. They're like gave her money and like there's gonna be a ball, go get a dress or whatever. Like right. I don't know. Exactly. I love how she looks, by the way. I love the flower in her hair. I love like how her sleeves also look like petals. I think it's a really pretty dress, personally. It's like very floofy, but Right. No, yeah, yeah, it's 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 good stuff. All all good stuff in these chapters. I really dig 
all the design stuff, um, where it's going. Uh, the last thing I do want to talk about is the last look that Guts gives. Uh. Um, so this isn't just like a smile thing. You guys should actually go look this look at this picture, right? Because the last page is this panel. It's two panels. Top one is Guts looking at Griffith through the thing, smiling through the window. And the other one is like Griffith like cheesing, right? Like Griffith's like smiling really hard, looking at Guts, right? Mm -hmm. Because they have something planned. But that's besides the point. Keep in mind, up until this point, Guts has been saying he's leaving, but he has not said anything to Griffith at all. He has not implied it to him. He has not told him he's leaving. He hasn't said anything. So all Griffith is thinking is like, wow, buddy, we made it. Like, we fucking did it. You helped me reach this like milestone. It's like the look that he's giving Guts. That is not the look Guts is giving Griffith. And I have to, I really have to commend uh, uh, Mira for this, even though this is like 30 years ago, right? Um, anime faces, and there, a lot of people have talked about this over, over recent years. Anime faces have gotten very samey. Um, over the past, I would say, 10 years or so. And people would argue that it was got bad before that, but, like, I think it got really weird in, like, the 2010s. I agree with that. And the, the emotion on Guts's face is very, like, readable, if you look at this for more than five seconds, right? Because he's smiling at Griffith, but, like, there's pain in his face. Like, he's kind of smirking a little bit. His eyebrows are kind of down. Like, he, he, you can tell he's like, yeah, we made it, but in the back of his head, he's like, and I'm gonna leave you soon. Yeah, like, it's very bittersweet. Yeah, yeah, like, it's it's very sad. Yeah, because like he is sharing this moment with Griffith, but like you said, there's stuff Griffith doesn't know, and there's honestly he's probably still thinking about the conversation. I would be that would be like at the forefront of my mind constantly. But yeah. um, I don't know. Like he looks. It's it's a very sad smile to me. Where Griffith is actually like very open. For one. Yes. Like it's not this is the most smile. open. <laughs> he's so happy. Like you can tell, like he's genuinely like, yeah. yay, we did it. And guts it's just pain in his face. Like he's still smiling, but you can like his eyes his eyes have like pain in them. You can tell he's like, Yeah, I gotta go do my own thing. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not gonna be in your shadow anymore. And you know, once again, Griffith does not know this. Griffith has no fucking idea that yeah. Guts wants to leave. So that killed, like, I think the first time I read this, I was like, oh, that's, because I've seen both of these panels before. Yeah. And without context, these panels mean nothing to me. Right. Because at first I was like, okay, it's just the guy, it's the Berserk guy and the other Berserk guy. I guess something happened. I don't know. But um, with the context, knowing that Guts is, the way he's talking, he's he's out of here tonight, like, for, as far as we know, right? Like, 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 he keeps like, he's like, all right, we're getting one last good look. One last look, one last look. So he's obviously leaving soon. And Griffith, who we know, like, plans things out meticulously. He does everything for purpose. He has used Guts as, like, a tool, as, like, a sword, right? And he's leaving him. And, like, I, I feel like that's the part, that's kind of what Mira's setting us up for is, like, yeah, Griffith doesn't know. And, like, this is, like, what he's bet everything on. It's kind of, like, on Guts yeah. and on, like, this army. So I feel like that's kind of what the implication is, right? It's like, yeah, we did it, and you know, yeah, we did, but I'm I'm gonna have to get out of here soon. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's even like as much of a we did it as you did it, you know? I ah, uh, yeah. So I think yeah. there's kind of that too, where like he's yeah. like, you achieved your goal. I don't have my goal yet. I don't even have one like on the horizon 
get. Yes. You know? So it's also that kind of, like, I still need to get that shit he was talking about, so he'll fucking respect me. And, like, I don't know. Whereas Griffith, you know, he's achieving his goal. He's made, like, this huge step. He's gotten his commander's, like, a noble title. He's being promoted to general of, like, the highest rank. Like, there's so much happening that's big. And... Of course he would be happy about that, but again, it's it's his dream, and it's his victory, and it's less the rest of the Hawks' victory, even though, like, because they want Griffith's dream to come true, it is also their victory, but it's through Griffith the entire time, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's through him. It's, th- it's, it's still for him. He still feels like... He still feels like he's just like a cog in Griffith's little machine, yeah. right? Like, and, and that's the thing is Griffith is like so meticulous that one, we already know he doesn't see anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And two, he doesn't even, like, he doesn't even see it coming. Yeah, he doesn't right? even bat an eye. It's not like even a consideration for him that Guts would ever leave. He's just like, wow, yeah, Guts and I are like, like this. I use him for murders. He uses me for friendship i don't know he's helping me yeah exactly see and that and that's the thing right i i feel like we finally have gotten to the thing about griffith that is kind of already exposed right is like he knows that he has benefit to them and he knows that they benefit him but he actually knows how they benefit him does he actually know how he's helping them out besides the whole status and thing and like yeah like does he really even think about it that hard and i feel like this is one of those moments right? right like is Guts really your friend? Because Casca knows that Guts is planning to leave, yeah. and he knows why he's planning to leave. But Griffith, I mean Griffith, he never really thinks about that. Like you know, like why? Like what does he offer everybody else? I think like one of Griffith's like biggest shortcomings, and like I feel like this will become even more explicit like in the next couple of chapters. But I feel like Griffith, despite how logical he is about things despite how like you know almost detached he can get he is incredibly idealistic about everything and so for like because like i feel like if you didn't have that idealism you wouldn't be like yeah i can run a country you know (laughs) like it takes like a certain level you know (laughs) so for him it's like yeah, it's going perfectly because I arranged it this way and why wouldn't you want to be a part of it? Because this is, Mm -hmm. you know, the Mm -hmm. dream. And so, I don't know. And, like, so many people have said, like, well, your dream is my dream. That's why I'm here. So, of course, he wouldn't think, like, oh, maybe, like, like, I'm getting them nobility. That's part of my plan. So that's what they want, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, it, it, it's so it's self-centered in a way that is like so like it's so self-consumed that like it turns itself around on, it turns around on itself yeah it's kind of like he's like yeah i help them out because of my dream my dream is so great and so wide sweeping that it's going to change their lives as well and it's like is it my guy like yeah i mean like is that really what's going to happen it's also that childish element right like where he's yes you know, people always talk about, like, how serious he is, but at moments he has, like, that childish innocence. And I don't think that is always, like, an act, you know? Like, I no, think he is no. genuinely like that, and he does have that, like, you know, kind of sense of wonderment still, and kind of sense of, like, yeah, this will work out, you know? It's just... 
I don't know. He, again, like Griffith has so many facets to him and he is an incredibly well-written character. And this is honestly another example of that. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, the, it's a good example of like his flaws at the same time, right? Like, because up until this point, like we've been led to be like, he's perfect. He does everything right. But then also we're getting this perspective of like, nah, his biggest soldier is about to be like, like swooped up right from underneath him. Yeah because of his own ambition like his own ambition is pushing somebody else away yeah which has and never he happened. doesn't even realize it yeah it that's never happened to him before because before this it was just i'm saving them like oh i got you out of hell you're about to be raped you're about to be a slave etc cetera, etc cetera, right yeah and you were wandering the countryside as like a 13 year old you know like right ex- exactly and it's like okay but what else do you have to offer to somebody when they're not being traumatized right. or when they're not in at their lowest right? right and and you know of course it was easy for him because he still has casca right like but that's the thing casca is different she found purpose in a different way that's not going to work for everybody yeah like it's not and 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 once again not to say that that's a bad thing about casca i think that it fits her character and she's not just a yeah she's not just getting pulled by the nose by griffith right like that's just not true it's just that that that's not what guts is here to do right <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. think, yeah, I lost my train of thought, but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that, like, I don't know. I, I just really like Griffith as a character because there's so, <laughs> there's so much in so many different ways. And, like, obviously, I mean, we can, we've done this before where we just, like, dissect one expression from a panel and, like, elaborate it on everything else mm-hmm. because he is such, like an expressive person like we went from him being like pretty much closed off and kind of like getting closure from his trauma but not entirely necessarily because like you said it was more like he was burying it than like dealing with it and we have like this complete openness now and it's that constant dynamic that we're told about and that we see all the time where it's like oh yeah he's like really weirdly serious but also sometimes you're just like you're kind of immature and you're kind of a kid yes and it's a very weird like mix of things and like i don't know i just (laughs) uh no that's that's a good way of putting it yeah i I know we could talk about yeah no i just i love griffith a lot like i i say that now we'll see how i feel later (laughs) right Um, right exactly we'll see how we feel in the future about him but but like more to your point i really do i really do like um you know how they've kind of layered all of this and kind of like Put all, put all the pieces together in front of us so it all kind of rounds up and makes sense. And it's like, no, Griffith isn't perfect. Like you said, he is childish. And that's the thing is like, and this applies to real life too. Some of the time the people who have that ambition it can be very naive or childish. It's just that Griffith also, he and in some ways he isn't naive. Like he knows he has to be dirty. Yeah. But at the same time, he doesn't know that like you have to take care of people beyond, you know. Yeah the bare minimum yeah you know and we see we see more of that in the near future so yeah. yeah for sure i just i don't know once again like he and guts are such good foils to each other because you know guts had to be mature from a super young age like he never really got to be a kid he never really got to have that like sense of naivete and like childhood optimism yes. and while he is naive in other ways when it comes to like relationships and talking to people and having manners you know like he he's still like feels like the adult in the relationship a lot of times you know like the yes. friendship where he's like yeah. he 
and like I, I know some people might argue with that because it's like, well, he he's always like the battering ram and he's kind of stupid and stuff. But then you have moments like this where he's taking it very seriously, even though like he's yeah. a moment of triumph. And like he right. everything Griffith said so seriously. He wasn't even talking to him. He was just saying Yeah. And he took it to heart and made honestly a really adult decision for an eighteen year old, you know? Yes. It's like, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go do this. Like, this is what it's gonna be. And it, I don't know. Like, it's, they're both so passionate, but they both have such, like, different things to bring to the table. And that's why they wow. work so well together. But at the same time, that's why they can't last forever, too. So. Yeah, exactly. And and I feel and I feel like that's that's what they're trying to show us, right? So we will we will get into that. Yeah, more sure. later. Next Sorry. I more, I got out. No, don't, don't <laughs> apologize. That's what that's what they're here for. No. I'm just uh I'm, I'm going to attempt to make a transition before the sun goes down. So that that that's all. <laughs> okay. a joke. It's fine. <laughs> Listen. It's 30 no. in the afternoon. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's all good. No, yeah, the sun's literally not going down anytime soon, but yeah, no. So, so that that is those three chapters. We finished Doldry. We got to um, a big moment for Griffith once again. Another large moment. We started this whole um, part of the timeline before the time after the time skip with him already receiving status. So now he's received even more status. Right. So he's climbing the ranks. Um, but at the same time, Guts is about to leave. So we will see um, exactly what happens next time. But in the meantime. Um, Thanks for thanks for listening to that. I mean, we're not. I'm not like closing the show out yet. But yeah, no. Thanks for being there for all that. This is this is still one of my favorite parts that I've read so far. Yeah. Um, and we're getting to another one of my favorite parts soon after this. Um, but for anybody who's been like, oh, things have been picking up recently. Yeah, that's what it felt like reading this too. Yeah. Because there there's a chunk of this manga where I respect it because it's building to stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're trying to give you more instead of just jumping straight Very to like the big plot points. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a slow build, but it's fun. It's fun and it's, and it's worth it. And you know, where are the massaging chapters with sauce with a uh, Casca uh, trash. Yeah. yeah. But did it kind of make this moment between her and guts a lot more worthwhile? Also, yeah. Yes. It's, yeah. Also. Yes. So, <laughs> Yeah, no. So some, sometimes the boy Mira pull, pulls it off, even when he, you know, does entire pages that are like... Absolute fuck this, it. <laughs> this, this, this woman's affair uh, is the reason she's trying to kill our protagonist. Um, now, now we're good. Like, we don't sure. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> God. I... It is amazing to me, like, how well he writes some things, and then he's just like, hmm... Woman scorned because of man, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right, me writing done for today. I yeah, I was like, are you on a deadline with that one, or just didn't want to think about it too hard. Either way, it's fine. <laughs> like Cheval said, like she's a relative; she doesn't even have a fucking name, so it's fine. It works. Like the stuff with Casca felt a lot more insulting. This is just kind of like, okay, <laughs> you know, like all right, yeah, yeah, like okay, okay, sure, yeah, like that was less offensive. Uh, but less as in like it was still offensive yeah it but wasn't great, so <laughs> i don't want to like i know i didn't yeah. like talk about that much of it when i read it i was still like i gave me all right yeah. no, i get it sure. you know like four <laughs> women tropes and this is the third one i know woman 
Woman easy to rank. Uh, Give her boob and trauma. Child, yeah. woman scorned, Casca, and then we haven't met the last one yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we haven't. We haven't. We haven't met. We haven't met the last. We're we're close. We're close though, people. Yeah. Well, listen. We will stay for more. the stereotypes. We will meet more. Um, <laughs> there will be more stereotypes. I promise. Yes. We love yes. them. If, don't 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 leave before the stereotypes leave, y'all. Come on. Oh my but. god! I you bringing up the that guy? I'm just like thinking over those chapters again, and I'm just like I don't want to do that. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. He 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 does stick around. He's not like a character that gets killed immediately either. So we have to like live with him for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, oh um, more Zods, less of that guy. Not because the guy sucks, but because his uh, aesthetic is painful to my eyes. Yeah, um, we'll get but, to it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get. He's to it. cool as fuck, but like, he, it's so racist. It's so racist. No, he has cool weapons and everything, but goddamn, is he racist? It's like T Hawk from Street Fighter. Oh it's like, God. oh yeah, this character's really cool, but why did you have to make him Native American and call in him the worst ways possible and call him T Hawk? And then we got a we got an indie dude named Dolls him. Like like what what is going on? Yeah, you might as well call him fucking Gandhi. The first time I saw that, I was like, wait, for real? Oh, that's the best part about Street Fighter is that it's such a legacy series that the stereotypes are built in, and they can't really do anything. Yeah, about it. it's so funny. It's like God. they have to because like it was because you know, and I guess hey guys, by the way, this is how you know we're about to stop the show. Um, it was one. Of, it was one of those like because you know Street Fighter was like the worldwide fighting game or whatever. Right. Right? Like so, it was like oh, everybody from everywhere is here, oh, no. and they just got racist with it. So, <laughs> I, I think what makes it even funnier is that now they're not they're not getting racist with it. They've just started adding white people. So um, oh shout God. out to the, shout out to the shout out to the Street Fighter team for adding uh, most of the DLC characters that are blonde white people. Um, I just realized you're completely right. Like I don't even know how yes. much about Street Fighter. Oh, it's it's a big right. complaint from the community too. A lot of people have complained about it. Like they like like white guys who are blonde are like, I hate this. This is stupid. Why do you keep adding blonde white guys to the game? Um, it, which is funny because, like I said, it kind of kind of did that after they couldn't do the stereotype thing anymore. Right. So um, shout out to Street Fighter for. Um, um, living off of stereotypes, yeah. um, ex- except none of the Japanese people have stereotypes. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> Even Chun Li is a stereotype. Why does she like? Uh, okay, anyway, yeah, well, I'm not gonna go on. Blonde, yeah, I think about that all the time. By the way, I just like I, f- I fucking love Chun Li, but I mm, but yeah. <laughs> you, but uh, best Street Fighter character, but uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, because I was just thinking, yeah. was, like. Who do I know from the DLC? And like the first thing that popped in my head was Rainbow Mika, who I love, but like also <laughs> Rainbow Mika was yeah, she was in the she was in the main game, so like yeah, but oh yeah, in, I don't know, and she's different. Like like legacy characters, I'm fine with. Like that's the thing, the legacy characters didn't care about. They added new characters that were white people that were blonde. They added three or four, and it was like. Are we ki- like? Can y'all not design anything better? Oh. Like you added Manat. Like Manat was a new character, and she has a sick design. But everywhere else, it's like okay, Luke's nice. I'm never gonna pick him. Right. Uh. Uh. There's another guy who's a boxer, but we already have a boxer who's based off of fucking Mike Tyson. So why do we have another boxer? Oh, because his inputs are simpler. Why is he a white guy? I I, I have a lot of complaints, Kent Capcom. I do. I, I really do. Thank you for listening to that rambling session from us yes. about um, 
racist fighting game. We may have but, some <laughs> stuff. Probably. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we, we probably cut it. Hey, if I cut that much of it, this will be even funnier, which I, so hopefully That's I'll try. That's fucking hilarious. So, oh my gosh. So, um, yeah, th- thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. It's been episode 22. Uh, let's unpack that. Now we're going to uh, see what happens to the gang next episode as Guts tries to make his exit and something weird is happening behind the scenes that we don't know yet. Uh, thanks to Minister Foss. So, Uh-oh. yeah. So if you guys want to um, check us out anywhere else besides, you know, listening to us right now, um, we're on Twitter at let's underscore unpack underscore it. We're also on Instagram at unpack that pod. And we also have a Gmail. We're unpacking it at gmail.com. Um, we're unpacking it. not that. It's it. I think somebody messaged me. I was like, I messaged you and it didn't work. And I'm like, please, please don't do that. Um, but yeah, it's we're unpacking it at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, no. So if you guys want to go ahead and um, message us there, do that. We also have a support link yeah. available through our anchor website. Um, go ahead and check that out. Um, donate to the show if you feel like it. We really appreciate it. And yeah, but besides that, thank you guys so much for listening to this new episode. And we'll catch you guys next time. See ya. Bye.